So, welcome to another episode of Fathers and Family Court. Today we will be speaking to Reginald. Reginald, I will be calling Reggie, and Reggie is 50 years old. He's from Northern California. He's a father to two children. One of his children has passed. He's 24 years old right now, and I cannot wait to hear about Reggie, how he handled it, um, what all he learned from being a father to this child, um, and what, what, like, any advice he has for any other dads out there. I'm excited to hear him speak. Um, he has another son who's 20 years old, um, and I found Reggie because I found him saying that he has not seen his son since 2019, and it really caught my attention. Um, so without any further ado, how you doing today, Reggie? Hey, I'm doing good. And yourself? Man, God's been extremely good to me. I will not complain. So the first thing I want to ask you, Reggie, is did you have a dad at home? Oh, yeah, very much so. Um, Two-parent household. It was, you know, father very involved, military dad. So, yeah, had a lot of structure. Yeah, so no, very much so. Okay, now the reason I ask this is because it gives us an outlook. Now, there's two Mm -hmm. types of dads out there. And there's dads who um, didn't have a dad at home, and you can hear how much, like, they wanted to have a dad, be the dad they didn't have. And then there's dads who had elite dads at home, and they're trying to really match that energy or at least follow a blueprint that's similar to greatness. You know what I mean? And sometimes, yeah, sometimes I really wonder, like, is it a little bit, like, sometimes people are like, why have a dad? Well, okay, but, like, Michael Jordan's kids had a whole lot to fucking go behind. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like if your dad was elite, you're trying to match that, and you could easily feel like a failure because you're trying to match what this dude did, not knowing that you're still doing excellent. You're just doing it. It looks different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it kind of gives some insight. So, um, yeah, man, we're, 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 uh, so now we know you came from a military home. Your dad was, uh, sounds like he was probably a no nonsense, always show up to work guy. (laughs) And, um, yeah, man. So that shows, that shows what you were built off of. You were built on concrete. So, okay. So where does your story start, Reggie? (laughs) Well, well. Going back to the military part, yeah, being a, a military kid, mm-hmm. we traveled. We traveled the world, and so it was. It was an amazing thing. I mean, you have to keep in mind with me being fifty. You know, we were in um, all through Germany and Italy and all over Europe and yeah. whatnot. So we got a chance to see a lot of things. My family gave me great opportunities to be exposed to things that a lot of people aren't. Right. And. And that's kind of what, you know, and like you said, this is kind of what drove me as a dad because I wanted to make sure that I wanted to provide, you know, I was, I was formally married for 21 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just never thought I would be in this situation. You would think 21 years married, everything should be on autopilot. Yeah. Everything should be good. Yeah. And that's, that, was, that was not the truth. Um, but yeah, so it's just, yeah, that was it. So I I thought I had everything in place. Um, I was loving it. You know, I became a father for the first time at uh, 25 years old. Mm -hmm. What year was Um, that? Oh, oof, 19, 1900, and, uh, <laughs> obviously, the, uh, no, was it 19, no, no, I'm sorry, it was, uh, 2000, come on, don't do see, that to yourself, 98, you yeah, 2003, yeah. my first son was 1998, okay, two years okay. after Atlanta Olympics, because I was living in Atlanta, and 2003 is my my youngest son, he was born in Arizona. Man, that is, that is, that's pretty powerful, man, so you've been a dad yeah. pretty much since 1998, 
Uh, could yeah. you talk to us real quickly about some of the uh, feelings you were experiencing um, when you found out for the first time that you were a father? I was scared as hell. Right. I mean, just, you know, it wasn't like, you know, we were, it was a, it was planned, but still that, you know, I was in that whole thing of, are you going to have enough? Do you have enough money saved? You know, you're never ready. That's what people need to understand. You're never ready. But I was in that, okay, am I going to be a good enough dad? So I started to really, you know, link up with my dad more and had, you know, have these conversations and whatnot. So am I going to be able to be a, not just a good provider, but a good father, a good role model? Because I had all of that in my father. So, yeah, I mean, that was, I didn't see it as pressure, but I definitely saw it as motivation. So, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, no, man, and like, you know, (laughs) and it's so, and it's so dope, you know, because it's dope that you said that because it's like, all right, you know, that's how, that's how when, that's how when the lights turned on, that's how you chose to see the glass. It was half full to you. And and then for anybody out there listening that had an outstanding dad and you feel like you're not living into it and you're feeling under pressure, look at it differently. Try to hear some of these things that uh, Reggie is saying and try to, try to take some of this in. Uh, because honestly, it, it, I think what he said just goes to show, like, man, it's about how you see it. Do you want to feel the pressure or not? Kobe Bryant's dad was a pro basketball player. He didn't choose. He was like, all right, fuck that. I'm going to keep going until until the going goes. King Griffey's dad was a f- baseball player. He didn't fold in and be like, okay, well, I'm going to come in here, no pressure, and go get it. And the list of athlete sons who are good, and I, I guess this isn't just – this is a bad example, but I love sports. Um, but uh, the the list of athletes whose sons that have came and even done better than their parents, or man, and then there's the ones who aren't as great as their parents, but they still keep showing up. You know what I'm saying? Like you take a Gary Payton, okay? Yeah. Gary Payton the second isn't Gary Payton the first, but like that doesn't stop him from showing up to work every day. You know what I mean? It's just so it's so beautiful. And Gary Payton's the second. Is his own unique player in itself. So it's man, it's a. Uh, I, I I just well, think but you can also go back, go back, and this is the old man. I mean, please forgive me. You can go back. Look at look at the opposite. Look at uh, the Ball family. Yep. Dad wasn't. Dad was okay, but kids have far exceeded him. Yeah. But as a father, like I used to always tell my kids, I don't need you to be like me. I'm putting you in a place to be better than me. Right. Because as long as you are that, I know that when God calls me home, he can say, son, you did a great job. Yeah, well done. Come on in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I just so. want to hear you say, won't you come on in? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. For there you real, go. man. But so... Um, you know, there's something, there's some valuable information and some valuable stuff we can learn here. Uh, Reggie just said that he was married 21 years and, um, he hasn't seen his older son since he's 19, since the year 2019. So apparently Rocky stuff eventually, um, came to the concrete. So what I want to, uh, ask you is, all right, man, there's plenty of dads out there now. I can I can tell just from our uh, ten minutes of conversation, maybe fifteen, from the few prior to pressing record. I can tell, man, like just off of your spirit here, you seem like a pretty 
um, down-to-business guy. And I can tell through the conversation that a lot of that came from, like, your upbringing, man. And, like, and you also mentioned God, too, like, on just on your oh, own. Yeah. You talked about it. So it lets me know that he's in your spirit and in your heart. So that's a large part of it, too. So, like, what wh- what happened? Like, okay. And the reason I'm asking is because I've never been married. I've never been married. And I know there's a lot of dads out there who've never been married. And they feel like if maybe if they just are with this one lady and they don't cheat on her and they don't do this or they do everything right, that everything's just going to be right. So I, right. I really am curious to see how what happened there in the marriage to uh, bring yeah. it to this point. Yeah. Um, well, like I say, twenty like twenty one. Matter of fact, I always I used to call July the month because I would say two two three three one. The second was my oldest son's birthday. The twenty third was my youngest son's birthday, and at that time, the thirty first was the wedding anniversary. So all different years, but all in July. Mm-hmm. So that was the month for me. But for us, like I said, you know. I, I'm not, as much as I want to say, you know, it, you know, kind of place blame and fault. You know, I, wisdom has taught me now that you can't. For us, it, it looked like we, I would probably say maybe in year, maybe 15, we forgot who we were that made, a, that made the relationship. We stopped being, you know, a couple that came together to build it and just more concerned about, the kids and through that it created conflict and the the biggest piece of advice i can tell anybody if you are planning to marry anyone make sure that your parenting styles can complement each other because it might look all good from the beginning and you might say hey you know we can work this out parenting styles there's no compromise you can't compromise how you were raised to make somebody happy. So with that, we've kind of, we started to kind of butt heads on how the kids were being raised. And I was very much so a disciplined father. And cause I was too. I mean, my dad used to joke and say, Hey, you are already black. I can, I can whoop you blue. So don't play. You know, we didn't, we didn't get out of line. We didn't get out of line. We, my, my dad would always say that's other folks, kids. We don't do that. So, you know, and so it started to be a little stress with the relationship. We were not acting. We were husband and wife by certificate and title, but we were growing apart because our our aspirations and dreams started to go different directions. And the kids, you know, they were there and we were pouring more into the kids than we were pouring into each other. And that's 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 Reggie wisdom years after divorce today. Now, if you asked me that a couple years, about four or five years ago, mm-hmm. I would give you a totally different story. Nah, but that's, yes. that's the beauty in, uh, yeah. that's the beauty in, in that's the beauty in, 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 in running up a hill and running down the other side and then glancing mm-hmm. back at it. You've already ran it. You don't ask me yeah. how this hill feels while I'm still got 10 more hills to run. You ask me after right. if I enjoyed that. While I'm doing it, Nah, while I'm getting through the pain, while I'm while I'm getting through the workout, while I'm getting through the adversity, it 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 it, it is what it is. I'm gonna make it fun. I'm gonna feel the get the most out of it. But don't ask me halfway through my mile at five at at at, at, at the halfway mark if this is fun. If I feel great, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna tell you because I'm gonna tell my body what to feel, what the reality is. It's best to see if the one, if the run was worth it, and how it feels, and joyful feelings, and 
most of it when I'm done with the run. You know what I mean? So right. it's so it's uh, that what you said is so uh it's valuable, mm-hmm. man. Because while we're going through it, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. While we're going through it, we don't uh we don't we don't we don't we don't realize that, man. When we get to the other side, in hindsight, there's something for us to have learned. You know what I mean? So yeah. Well, yeah. In a loss of a child, I, I promise you, it's two things. Number one. It's the most hurtful thing you will. I'm not, I'm not going to start into it, but I just want to say it's the most hurtful thing as a father, mm-hmm. as a man, that you will ever deal with. And so, I can honestly tell you, my son died uh, February 6, uh, 2023, and I, I don't even think I'm even at the grief. I even started grieving. I'm just so, at this point. I'm go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, so I'm, 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 I'm curious. You said what was the date on that that he passed? February 6, 2023. Oh, my goodness, man. So he literally just passed. Yeah. He just passed, man. Yeah. So how? Yeah. Okay, man. So how? what What happened? Here's the thing. And I think it'd be better if I start off, go back a little bit. Yeah, what ahead. ended up happening was we, uh, me and my ex, we um, decided to get divorced Things happen. I'm just going to say it like this because I like to keep things clean. I'm happy to say it was not on my part. I, the way I came in is the way I left. Honest in, honest out. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh-oh, I get, I'm reading was, between was, the lines, Coach. I got yeah. you. I got you. <laughs> I'm so reading between thing, the lines. And that's why yeah, I was it, saying, like, you, I can tell in your spirit that you show up to work every day. You're not going to mm-hmm. take days off. You're not going to slack. It's not, you know, I can just hear it. there's certain things you can tell about in people's spirits. Not to mention, yeah. you mentioned God, some of the things your dad was saying that stuck with you so much, like you could still hear vividly him saying it today. Mm-hmm. Bro, all these things stick with people. You know what I mean? And it just goes oh, to show yeah. the importance of parenting because Reggie, everybody, is 50 years old right now. I'm 33, he's a couple years older than me. It just goes to show that when I'm 50, the things, the things that you're doing right now as a dad, for all the dads out there listening, these being a great dad is going to be with your son, your daughter, when they're 50 years old, man. This shit don't stop just right here, right no. now. It's not a, that's why, man, if you're running up a hill, you have a tough day, and you still got a parent, you still need to still be moving like you're at the end of the hill. You need to be, You don't be up there complaining and moaning and groaning. Get through the hill with good energy, and then you'll be thankful when you're on the other side of the hill. It's like he said, don't yeah. ask me why I'm up running it. If I, no, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, still yeah. run it with good energy. Still run the hill with good energy. Run the mile with good energy. So, okay, so I get what you're saying, and I knew it too. I knew it, Reggie. I knew it. I knew it, Reggie. I knew it. Because uh, I can yeah, tell because so- your spirit, man. So now I'm doing okay, and this this is what makes things hard. Let me. So this is you, you're looking at two at the time of the divorce. You're looking at 2018 ish. So remember, this is right before COVID, and that COVID messed up so many things. Right. Um, so and, and, and if if anybody's not familiar, during COVID, the child welfare system came to a screeching halt. The only thing that kept moving was payment enforcement. Any nothing else was working, so I'm divorced, and you know the wife, the ex, the now ex-wife, um, t- you know wants me out. So I said, fine, I'll leave. I left everything there. I took no furniture. I took nothing. I took my laptop because I'm in IT. I'm in. The, I'm a computer person, and I took some clothes. Mm-hmm. And to to be in, I wanted to be as close to my children as possible. I found a, this is no joke, I found a room to rent for 500 bucks, um, and it 
probably within a 10 minute walk of where my kids were so I could be close to them. I got lucky in, um, in the divorce process because I took out a loan on my 401k to get a lawyer for my divorce. And I would tell people, do not shortcut that process. That was by far the best money I've ever spent because my now ex-wife in Arizona, it's, it's community property, yes, but it's also community debt. I now, hindsight, you know, help support a woman as she was getting her education and going to college and whatnot. And she she has acquired a number of degrees. I used to jokingly say she has more degrees than a thermometer. And, and and she has her she has her doctorate, her PhD, and, and earned those through the whole time that we were married. Now, what ended up happening was throughout that time, she accrued a lot of debt. I mean, almost close to probably about a half a million dollars in student loan debt. What? I had, I'm not saying fifty thousand. I'm saying five hundred k, close yeah. to it. Yeah. So what ended up happening was, if the divorce, if I didn't get an attorney, I would be on the hook for half of that debt. Yes. Now she benefits from it, but I would have to pay half of it. So luckily, I, I my attorney negotiated with my uh, my ex who didn't have an attorney, and she said, well. Reggie's already paying you $600 a month child support. He was giving you that before he was ordered to pay it. Yeah. Once we went to court, the court said, no, you're, you're overpaying. You only have to pay $330. And, I, and, and then so my lawyer said, okay, well, he'll continue to give you $600 a month, you know, until um, your son, the youngest son, turns 18. And and you guys separate property because we we didn't have a lot of joint, like a lot of joint debt. So she agreed to that, thank God, and that freed me from it. So here I am, newly divorced and single, living in a living in a rented room, you know, rented in a rented room, trying to be near my kids. When I was, you know, I could, I didn't even have enough space for my kids to come visit. So I would go over to the ex's house and I would go see my kids. Mm-hmm. And in the process, I didn't know how much damage I was causing because my son would have to show his father out and tell him have a good night. I was happy because I was like, I get to see my son, but I didn't know that that took a toll on him. Right. You know, so, yeah. And so what I started to do is, okay, I was like, all right. You know, I was, you know, just struggling along. I had a my old uh, 2003 Ford Expedition in Arizona, air conditioning stopped in it and whatnot. So I didn't even want to take them places in the summer because it was just too damn hot. But the thing about it is when I was down and when I was single and I was miserable and when I was at the beck and call of my now ex, if she needed anything or if her car stopped or she needed to take her car to, for an oil change, she would always call me and I would always oblige. Right. And at that point, everything was good. Things went to hell when I started dating again. And right. anybody who's listening, you think your, your relationship with the ex is good? It's good until you start dating. And keep in mind, I'm remarried. I've been, I'm remarried, and I've been married almost four years. So I, I'm just, a, I guess I'm, I'm addicted to marriage. So 21 years first go and four years now. So um, I started dating, and that's when the claws came out. That's when the nastiness came out. That's when, you know, the gaslighting came out. And I'm trying to navigate through COVID. And my now wife, well, obviously we were dating then, um, she's a nurse. And and so I had the ex, now ex, telling my son 
his mother telling my son, well, you don't want to hang around your your father because his girlfriend's a nurse and you don't want to get COVID. And, and it, it could compromise me. And yeah and and let's go in you, you, you should if you don't want to go to your um your visiting times with your dad you don't have to mm-hmm. and and me and my me and my youngest son he established a great relationship with my now wife and so it's just not the father who gets affected in it. There, it it's the woman too yeah. my now wife started to create a bond and those two really cared for each other and to this very day, my current wife and my ex-wife have never met each other. They've never been in the same room together. Wow. But my ex-wife has done everything, you know, using, uh, she, she's in, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it, one of these black sororities, I'm in a fraternity. Right. She's in one of these, she's in one of these black sororities, and I swear they are some of the, some toxic women. Matter of fact, let me just go ahead and say it. I, I love saying their name because I hope people know who they are. Sigma Gamma Rose Sorority Incorporated. She amongst what was the sorority her, again? Sigma Gamma Row Sorority okay. Incorporated, founded in 1922. Now, I'm not gonna lie. I'll tell you, I'm I'm a mega sci-fi fraternity. And, um, you know the Q Dogs. Uh, Michael yeah, Jordan is one of my brothers. Shaquille O'Neal is one of my brothers and whatnot. Yeah, purple and gold forever. I got that on right now. (laughs) But yeah, so the thing about it is, you know, that's what honestly started to play a part in the divorce. When you are a woman who's married and and thought she had everything together and you have a bunch of single, bitter friends who can't find somebody, you seem to kind of share energy. And she took on that, girl, you could be single energy. So she wanted, that's what she wanted. Mm -hmm. She went ahead and became single. Yeah. And when and when I was dating again and whatnot, I remember I, I met my now wife March first, two thousand two thousand and nineteen. I don't forget dates for nothing. <laughs> and and uh, I, I remember out of the blue, I got a, I got a, a text message from my ex wife saying, "Oh, I see you're dating again. Oh my gosh, she is so beautiful." And I found out she is my sorority sister. I'm like, what the f- right? What? Right. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. So, yeah, so basically my my now wife and my ex-wife are in the same organization. Never right. met each other. Right. But so my ex-wife feels like I need to make sure no one likes his new wife. So let me let me threaten her. Let me, I, oh, I got court cases and everything. Let me threaten her. Let me get people to talk about her. They went as far as even trying to compromise her medical license. By making false reports. That's crazy. Just just because, you know, and the thing about it is, and so I'm dating, I'm happy. I was in horrible shape, bro. I was a walking heart attack. I had weight loss surgery a couple years before. Mm -hmm. I'm at year eight right now. I lost 306 pounds. What? Yeah, yeah, I will send you. I will send you pictures. I will send you pictures and everything. So I lost the weight. I was getting, you know, because think about it. You're living in a. You're living in a freaking room. One room. It's ain't like I got an apartment. You live in a room, and everything you have is up in there, you know. And then, so what else I had to do? I was single. I didn't really have a lot of friends in the area, so I went to the gym. Just worked out and worked out and worked out and got better shape and, and started to kind of... And that saved my life, man, because I now, didn't know where I would be without it. Now, where'd you get fat at? Now, I'm asking you this because... No, go for it. That's so good. Yeah, man, I'm listen, I was a heavyweight wrestler. When people see me, mm-hmm. they don't realize, like, most of my uh, most of my childhood and in my heart and in my spirit, I'm still fat. Now, I'm creeping up on mm-hmm. being smaller longer than I was fat here shortly, 
But the reality <clears throat> is my heart, man, in about three more years I'll have been, well, five more years I'll have been, it'll be even. But the reality is most of it I was fat. Now, there came mm-hmm. a time when I was like, okay, I won't get taller. And I just had to put the, put the pedal uh, put the put the put the feet on the pavement and go run the shit off. That was really it. It's me versus me. So, do you feel like uh, we're? I, I, I want to ask where were you? So you were heavy through your whole marriage. Oh yeah, I got heavier. I was actually, I, I was actually lighter, way lighter at the start of it. Because I sit back and I look at pictures, and it just got worse and worse. And worse, I mean, there you go. Food is the ultimate comfort. Food is the ultimate drug. Same center in the brain is drugs. Right. And I did. You know, my whole thing as a father, and, and I still stand true to this, that I would suffer anything for my children. I would do without anything personally for me as long as my children had. Right. I came last. And matter of fact, I was like, you know, the wife, kids, a blank space, then dad. Because right. I wasn't going to do it, you know. So you fast forward till now when I'm dating, while I'm dating again after divorce, I remember my current wife asked me, what do you like? And my answer was, I don't know. Right. I don't know. I, I've been so used to just, you know, dad, you know, take the kids here, take the kids there, sporting events, whatever. We've did me. I had so many amazing father and son moments and thank goodness that I documented them because it's what saved me. Mm-hmm. But so imagine, so so imagine now my my son, my my youngest son who's twenty at the time, he's fifteen, sixteen, and it's go it's in the COVID. I go, you know, it's it's time for my uh, his his high school graduation. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I reach out via email to my now ex wife and I say, hey, can I please get a graduation ticket? I won't sit with you guys. My um my fiance won't come with me. Who's my current wife? Won't come with me. I just want to see him graduate. Mm-hmm. And and she sent me a message back. And we, we, I, I went in court and I said, I don't want to talk to her ever. We, we will talk by email. And she sent me an email back saying, you know what? It'll be up to him being my son and we'll see what happens. So I never hear anything. Mm-hmm. So I reach out to, I reach out to the school and, and try to see if I can get a ticket and whatnot. And this is when I get a story that says that the mother is scared that I might attack her. At home, uh, excuse me, at my son's graduation. Mm. This is how you keep now the backtrack. This is a woman once we got divorced decided it was it was cool to because it's so easy for a woman to run into a court and get an order of protection. It's amazing. So she basically goes into court, says she lives with me, which she didn't because I'm living in this one room, one one rent room, and she says that he has guns and he's threatening my life. So you the right code for that too, Reggie. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. They don't give a fuck. They're not about to be like, hmm. Let me call him and make sure he's got God in his heart first. They're like, give me a description. You say he's six feet. You say he's black. Um, you said he's black. Yeah, Yeah, man. They don't care about your dad being great or none of that, bro. They come. They trying to put a charge on you and put a jersey number on you. So that's just wrong, man. So you dealt with false allegations. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely dealt with that. She, you know, and she did the standard run. She, um, you know, tried to have me served at my job, but I wasn't there. And then she had me served at the house where I was renting a room from. And I had three officers come to my door. 
And that was the day that I learned what the shooting formation is. Never knew that. You have the one officer, the lead officer standing at the door who knocks on the door. You have a second officer to the left of the, of the, of the officer, the, the lead officer, and you have one to the right, yeah. which means that they all have a clear line of sight at you and not endangering anybody. They have their guns drawn. Bro, because they, I wanna, they were. I want to stop oh, here, man. And because mm-hmm. you just taught me something. Now, while I stayed with my baby mom in 2016 for a very short amount of time, she was super crazy. Mm-hmm. She would cut on herself. She tried to cut my daughter out the womb. She fucking, like, she kicked oh my, my daughter across the fucking room. Like, we had hardwood floors. She kicked her across the hardwood in her playpen. And when she when the playpen hit the couch, my daughter just fell on the ground. Oh, it was terrible. The shit she would do, bro, she would just do, like, the first day my daughter came home, she, but she would, her thing was, she'd call 911. So that's what she would do. She'd like, she'd call 911 in an argument. Like, she'd have a breakdown about her hair. Then I'd be like, bro, just be cool. And then she, you never listen. You never care. <laughs> Two hours later, she's still going. And I ain't about to be entertaining that weird shit, bro. I'm trying to parent. I got a little kid right here, bro, with adult things yeah. to do. So I would be a parent. She'd be pissed. I wouldn't argue. So she'd call 911. Can, and she'd ask him about the argument. And instead of them coming and arresting her for fucking, like, calling 911 and calling people out. Now, I'm not, I don't know. You don't know about Michigan, but this small town we were in just sits right next to the only, the brokest city in Oakland County. Now, Oakland County is rich as shit, okay? They're fucking rich. They're one of the richest counties probably in the nation, definitely in the state, hands down. So, there's one city where they come to rob all the dads. It's called Pontiac. That's where I was born. Um, and it's like one of the few slums in uh, Oakland County. Now... Right next to it sits a really beautiful lake city. It's a, it's a lake town. It's a beach town. It's, there's a, lakes all around it. So what they do is, is all you got to do is cross the street and you're in their city right from the slums. So like what they do is like when black folks are in that city, there's known racism. When I moved there and started working there to be closer to the kid, I started like the, 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 the people who were raised there would tell me, oh, these motherfucking folks, this is a racist town. So I would start learning about it and understanding it. Anyways, so she's calling the police. There's three different departments for this little city that would come out. There'd be West Bloomfield, there'd be Kego, and there'd be Sylvan Lake. All of these police are anxious because they see you've called so many times. You know what I mean? Every time the police come, I'm never going to look different. I'm always going to look the same. So they don't know me. So the last one of the last times that this happens, she calls 911, hangs up, fucking leaves. Uh, the police come. When I answer the door, there's a police at the door. He's got his hand. He's got, you know, he's got his gun drawn. He knocks. I look around the tree. There's a dude. And I look around to the corner of the house. There's a dude. Everything you just described. Yep. That's exactly what you just described. And that's why it was dangerous, man. And that's why I had to get the fuck out of there. Because it's like, listen to this, man. So anyways, then what happens? I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's fine. I mean, that's fine. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad I don't feel like I was the only one that endured this, you know, because they need to hear it. And what ended up happening was, so they, I I saw the body cam footage. And, you know, and for me, I'm kind of like, I'm a big dude, but I'm kind of like, you know, always joking and laughing. So I was kind of like, hey, what's, like, what's going? on and they were like well we have a report that your your ex said that she's she's scared for her own her well-being and she we're here to remove you from the house i'm like she doesn't live here she's never lived here matter of fact i i, I pointed i pointed at across like across the way and i said she lives over there and luckily the lead officer remembers me and he said that's right she doesn't live here because she tried to call him again she, she, she called them a, one time and they went to her house about me 
And so he remembered that. I said, she's never lived here. And so um, he, he was like, well, okay, we're not going to throw you out. This is amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. We're not going to throw you out of your own, your own rented room, but you're going to have to go down to the courts and the term is getting quashed. Duh, so what? So this lady made a false accusation saying that she, that you had guns and literally writing out a report that'll get you shot. Right. Yeah. Hold on one second. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so basically she got the, um, the order of protection and the officer's like, okay, well, we're not going to throw you out. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate that. We're not going to throw you out, but you have to go down to the courts to get it quashed. So I go, I go down to the courts and I go down to the courts and I I said, Hey, this isn't correct and true and whatnot. So I'm thinking I'm gonna get a chance to see the judge that day. Nope. We'll put you on the calendar. So in the period of being on that calendar, you have this letter that comes to you that says, oh, we need you to, um, if you have any weapons and whatnot, I have a, I have a CCW, a consent to carry. Yeah. So I had, to, I had to surrender. I had to go to a sheriff's department and surrender my, my firearms. In the meantime, now, and I want yeah. everybody to, out there to pay attention to how many dads are getting gunned down in these custody exchanges. Yeah. I want people to understand because you know what? At, and a lot of times, the, 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 the false reports, okay, after so long, these don't work. But, like, if you put this false report on him, he takes it, his firearm gets taken, and he's still fighting to see his kid, right? In the meantime, they know your firearm's gone. They know you're not yeah. legally, they know, like, you're not, well, the thing is, they know you can't legally, that you have no firearms, but they're hoping that maybe you might get one being paranoid. Yeah. And now they got you on a whole nother charge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was the plan. Yeah, that's the fucking plan. You ain't never lie, Rich. That's the plan. Yeah. That's the plan. So then what happens, man? So they take yeah. your firearm and leave you, uh, and they yeah, leave sur- you pretty much in the wilderness with no protection. Oh, yeah. Yep. So I surrender. I surrender my firearms and I wait for the court date. I go down to the courts, and this is in Arizona, and um, they're going through everything. And they're and um, the ju- thank God I had a great judge. And when you, and Honorable Susan, uh, like, I think it was, think it was yeah, Susan G. White. Man, shout um, out to G- Susan G. Man, White. Susan, Honorable she Susan saved, G. White. She, she saved my life because she listened. Oh and, my God! Thank you, Mrs. Yeah. Susan. G. White, thank you for being yeah. a good judge, not going to work, putting your personal views towards life, towards what, not putting toxic feminism first, not just ignoring the facts and just sticking to what, what it, your gender, not doing none of that, and just actually playing it the right way. Man, it yeah. wasn't until this whole custody thing came about, man, Reg, that I realized just how much gender fault is just so much to be. Oh, my goodness, yeah. It's really yeah. not that important, man. There's no part of equality is arguing about gender. That's not fucking equality. No. It's just one more thing for us to argue about and see how much money they're making. So tell me about this, yeah. Susan G. White. Tell yeah, so what ended up happening was, so um, the judge, Judge White, basically asked me a couple questions, and I, and I had all my ducks in a row. I brought my lease. Yeah. And I showed the lease that she's never been on it. I had a statement from the lady who I rented the the room from saying that she's never saw this woman. She's never been in my house. Right. So that right there invalidated that as a lie. And then, so my now ex decides to say, oh, well, he's been beating me for over 20 years. Well, 
So how does he prove that? Because there's been no police reports. Right. I've never been arrested. I, I still to this day have a clean, a clean history of never being arrested. Yeah, I'm pretty sure so, you've never had any legal problems ever. Not just no, arrested. No, no, no. And the, the last legal thing I had was a speeding ticket when I was 16. And please was, keep in mind, I'm oh 50 God, now. I was just about to ask you that, bro. When's the last time you got a speeding ticket? 16? When I was 16. Reggie's 50, man. He was 16 years old. This dude that's almost, almost 45 years. Excuse me, that's Leon. Yeah, like 16, that's like 30 years, 30 oh years. God, yeah, he was almost your age ago that I had a speeding ticket. That's been it. And knock on wood to this day that I, I still have it. Yeah. So, here, but here's the thing. So I'm dealing with all of that. And I then I then she's like, well, he tried this and this. And every time she tried, she was like, oh, he, he was beating me for 20 years. And she's like, well, well, um, can you give me a police report number? She's like, I can look it up. Just give me, give me, she gave some information. She's like, I see no police report numbers. Do you have a picture? Do you have a statement or anything? And she didn't have anything, but she had a letter provided by her sorority sister saying, oh yeah, he beat him. He, he beat her over 20 years. And then the judge is like, so how long have you known this, this woman? And we're going to call her Denise. Right. How long have you, Denise, how long have you known Mr. Jackson? Um, yeah, I don't care about my name. My name can be out there. Reginald Jackson, yeah, Reggie, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, she said, oh, I know him for, I've known him for like five years. So how can you attest to 20 years of him abusing her? Fucking man, come on. Bro. And then, then she wrote, and, and after all this, bro, I'm going to send you everything, all the documentation, because I have every piece. Then she writes in the letter, oh, he's crazy, he's off his medications, he's bipolar, he can, he's going to kill people. And then, then Susan, Judge White said, okay, uh, Mr. Jackson, can you show me your medical history? I said, well, I have Walgreens on my phone. And she's like, fine, pull it up. And so she has now, she has my Walgreens profile. And she asked Denise, and she, what, she, um, what medications, what medications? You know, and like I say, Denise broke that, and then, and it, she wouldn't, she didn't know. So Man, like, you, you didn't know. Reggie ain't been to Walgreens for nothing but albuterol. Stop playing with me, man. Oh, man. And some blood pressure medicine. Man, come on, man. That blood pressure medicine, bro. That shit comes from dealing with this extra shit and the extra weight loss you just took. So so what ended up happening was she threw it out. And when she dismissed, she dismissed it right on the spot. There was, she's like, there's no merit, no proof, no grounds of anything. So she threw it out. When she dismissed it, my ex, enraged, screams out. So what do I have to do to make a make an order of protection stick to him? And at that point, the Judge White said, told her to get out. Mr. Jackson, talking to me, sit here. You will wait here ten minutes, and I'm going to tell your ex to get out of my courtroom. She has ten minutes to leave. That's beautiful. So, but you know what should have happened there? And this is this she should have This is man, this is why these things keep happening, bro. This is why when I walk into court with all these real fucking statements for my judge, never lied under oath none. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the plaintiff, bro. So what reason would I have to come into this court my courtroom and lie when I'm the plaintiff, right? So like yep. it's just so fascinating to me. But like when these false allegations continue to be used and can they're like they're they're the number one. They're they're oh my goodness, the silver bullet. False accusations. Oh, yeah. These shits are yeah. just and so, and punishment. So now she it's yeah, so now she's tossed out. Yeah. Hold these folks in contempt of court. In in, mm-hmm. in perjury. The minute she said, yeah. "What do I have to do to get something stick?" That should have been like, "Bro, that's it right there. You just confess. 
You confess that you literally made this shit up to do this to him. Have a seat. Contempt of court is is a felony. Now, I just want to, two seconds here while we're here. For all the listeners, if you're a first-time listener to this podcast, you haven't heard me run over this stat, but if you're a regular to this show, you know the deal. Michigan, the state of Michigan, now, I don't know about California, Reg, and I don't know about Arizona either, but I can tell you about my state. We have 32 32 prisons, okay? Now, prisons are privatized. Now, of those 32 prisons, one of those is a boot camp, the other one is for women, and the rest are for me and you, Reg. So, out of 40,000 beds, only 1,100 of those, 1,100 out of 40,000 are set aside for women in this county. Now... I turn on my news every single morning and women be involved in shootings, women be involved in kidnappings, women be involved in massive fraud. Like, women these days are real life, they be doing some real gangbanging mm-hmm. shit. They do what the fuck ever they want. Some gangster shit, some gangbanging shit, some white collar crime shit, some scamming shit, some everything, bro. Because I do believe in equality. I don't believe oh, yeah. that shit. Just only, only, only a man can be dangerous. What? How, bro? How? How? It's impossible. Let's hold some of these folks accountable, man. If we hold these folks accountable for contempt for these false reports, because you can't falsify a document. So if the case was dismissed because you falsified something or it's not to be true, that means you falsified it. You should be held in contempt immediately. It's so, it's so, it's, it's. But they can't do that, bro, because then they'd have to build more prisons. And then and then if you start locking up all the women, then you're going to get all the women complaining about the prison system. You need their votes heavy. But if you make dudes felons, they can't fucking vote no more anyway. You know what I'm saying? So they lose yeah. their oh, voice. Yeah. It's, it's deep, man. It's fucking deep. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to talk yeah, about no, that. Yeah, no, no. I actually, I enjoyed actually hearing that. It's, it's, I didn't know that for Michigan. That's crazy. But yeah, so now the the now ex-wife is, she left the courtroom. So I'm talking to the judge and, you know, I get, you know, get my, she gives me the documentation, you know, the, 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 the dismissal form and everything else. And she advises me, um, I was talking, I said, what am I supposed to do about this? And she's like, uh, you might want to get an order of protection against her because I, I think something else would happen. Yeah. So I actually did. They actually awarded a order of protection to me yeah. and it did not get dismissed. It stood. Mm-hmm. It stood and it stood for a year. And I'm thinking, okay, I won in court. She'll calm down. What does she do? She starts telling my son, look what your father did to me. I, yeah. He got me in court and I, I got an order of protection on yeah, me. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to cut you off. I'm just outraged at what you're saying. Because, yeah, yeah, of course, it ain't no look what you what your daddy did. What did you do? You started the car up. You the one who started pushing this motherfucker down the cliff. You're upset. Yep. You was in the passenger seat with no knowledge that for the car to move. You just tried to push him off a cliff. So you're upset that he got out, ran uphill, ran back down the hill, and put you in the car. And you upset he did all that. But you tried to push him down without him knowing. That 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 that's just not fair to me. Yeah, yeah man, it's not what you did. You didn't do yeah. anything. You wasn't trying to put nobody in court. You wasn't trying to put yeah. criminal charges on nobody, and you wasn't out to get that person. The the, the courthouse yeah, told right, them what to man, do. It's just, yeah, they it's, told it's, them. It's, like, it's crazy. But go ahead. I'm sorry. It just outraged me. No, you're fine. You're fine, man. Like I said, this is like this. This doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care about color. It doesn't care about age. It just doesn't care if you if you're a man in this involved in this system. It does not work for you. So yeah. So they granted they granted an order protection for me, and I stood for a year. But my ex even used that to make it look like I was talking. You know, gaslighting my son. Oh, look at your dad did. I'm scared and this that another. So after a while, and him hanging out with um me 
and my current now current wife, you know, having a great time. We took them out to baseball games. We took them out and did things. And I and thank God for that because I still have the pictures. Right. But, you know, but what ended up happening was, you know, COVID's just kind of starting and all this is going on. Um, so what, is, what ends up happening is he starts to not want to come out to uh, the, the, the designated times for this designated visitation times. So I, I still got the records of this. I would have to start to call the police and, and order welfare checks because he wouldn't come out. Right. What about your other son? Was this, was this the son that's 24? Uh, no, no. This is my youngest son. My other son was already 18, so he wasn't part of the child case. It was just my youngest son. My oldest son taking? was already 18. How was he taking What's that? it? How was your 18-year-old son taking it at the time? He was just, he, you know what? He was, he, and, this, and when I say my older son, Reginald, he's my, my, my namesake, Junior, um, he um, was, I guess he was happily away, and let me say this, because he was going to school, um, University of North Dakota, so definitely far and away, for aviation. My kid, who, who's no longer with us, was a licensed pilot. Bro, that is so amazing. A license, was a licensed pilot at, at eight, he was a licensed pilot at seventeen, oh, and what? he could fly. He could fly better than he could drive. So I would trust him more in an airplane than a car. Because just it's what he wanted to do. He was a natural at it. He had a love for flying, and he was up in University of North Dakota. He was doing good in school, and it was like when I would try to talk to him about it, he kind of just didn't. He was in that really just didn't want to hear it. But I I've learned looking forward, looking down the road now to see that he was still being held to the old saying, "Who you with?" Because that's what his mom was playing. If you're with your dad, you're not with me. Yeah. I'm doing this for you. I'm taking care of this. I'm doing this, that, and other. Yeah. And so so then it was the conversation with my son got lesser and lesser and lesser. And, you know, the only time I would hear stuff was, oh, hey, I need, hey, can you send me the, the benefits card? Because I need to get a prescription. Or what's, what's the insurance number? Or can you pay this copay? Or do this, that, and up. And that's really what it started to boil down to. And I built him computers. So it's like, hey, my gaming computer's not working out right. Can you give me some advice? Or this, that, and other. But the father to son piece started to really retract and, it, and it, was, it was hard but I was so wanting to keep connected with my son I would take any conversation over no conversation man and you know what yeah. man and I just want everybody out there man who had a dad that wasn't around um, and then to ask yourself you know when you communicate with your dad and the anger that you have towards your dad how much of that was generated you know what I'm saying yeah. Uh, and it's fascinating because your son isn't here anymore. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's sad because your son isn't here anymore. And it's like, bro, it's like, all right, the time that you could have had spent talking to him, a person had took war time and, mm -hmm. and used it and not knowing like these was the last time. This was this was the last. Oh, time. no, no. She knew. She knew because I'm going to go ahead and tell you because basically my ex killed my child. And I'm and I'm 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 being very what? bold when I say that. Let's 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 attack that topic. So my youngest, I missed his high school graduation. How did I celebrate his high school graduation? Sitting in a parking lot, watching his graduation on my phone, crying in a parking lot. Right. That's that's because I couldn't go to my son's high school graduation. Yep. Because 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 of the bull the bullshit um, order of protection, even though it was dismissed, you know they always show you the original copy. They don't show you the, the dismissed copy because there's yep. two copies. Yeah. So so that's how she totes it. Even to this day, today.
even to this day, she goes around giving speeches on how she was how she survived domestic abuse. Wow. Still, I had to get a, I had to get a cease and desist order against her, and she still does it. And the law doesn't really do anything; doesn't punish her. But anyway. My oldest son in his passing, so he was in University of North Dakota about 2020, 21. He was a big kid like me, but he was, but he still was able to make the FAA regulations to be a pilot. Right. So he got his, so he got his, his pilot's license. Well, you know, dealing with, you know, dealing with, you know, parents' divorce, dealing with his brother not being with him, dealing with all this other mess going on for family drama. He was trying to deal, and and I knew his weight was starting to get out of control because I started reaching out to the university and I was like, okay, can we do something to modify, you know, like a, a wellness program or do something to help them? Oh man, and, I can't believe weight comes back into the story. Okay. Yeah. And so, oh, oh yeah. And so what ended up happening was he's, you know, he's still making it through and whatnot. And then I find out one day in 2021, I was now, keep in mind, I have not physically been in the same space with my children since 11, 19, 19. Right. November 19, 2019, at a bowling alley in Chandler, Arizona. I remember that evening because that was the last time I was ever spent with my kids. Right. And and so my son is in his college, and he's you know being in college, you, you you do bad, you eat bad, and do this. But he was already not in great shape already. So I was you know so I'm losing weight and whatnot. So you would think okay, you know his mother would be like dad's losing weight and whatnot, and let's do that. I was taking my younger son to the gym with me, but when I started dating, mom pulled him away. Mm-hmm. And and my oldest son is just suffering, and I'm like, and it's funny how these how mothers take credit for their kids being in college and whatnot, and she's never even been to the campus. Mm-hmm. I made numerous trips, helped them get scholarships. Father, family day weekends, it was just me up there. She's never seen the campus. Mm-hmm. But but I'm but I'm but I'm the bad dad. But yeah, so what ends up happening is he has to drop out in 2021. I find out because I see I see a a, a a large charge like 150 dollars for like um, UPS store, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Because I did I looked at his bank account, and if you know if he needed some money, I can drop I can drop drop it directly in. Because I told them once you turn 18 and you got money money problems, talk to me directly. Don't talk through your mother because you're not going to get it that way. Yeah. So. And so we were, like I say, as the communication started to the window and whatnot, he was, I, I knew he was starting to gain weight, but I found out he had to drop out because he could not pass the second FAA physical. And if he failed that physical, he would have to, he would fail out of his program. So yeah. three years of work would have been down the toilet. So he decides to, he decides that he's going to leave school and, and for the summer and hang out with his friends in Minnesota. How do I find out Minnesota? Because they accidentally send a paycheck stub to my email address. Our email address is almost the same. And I see the hotel he's working at. And so I reach out to him. So as a father, I'm constantly tracking down my kid. If it's not figuring out from the UPS store that he's moving and leaving school, if it's not from a paycheck telling me where he works at and everything else. And what was he doing? He was eating worse. You know, everything I was showing him, he stopped doing drinking regular sodas. I'm like, dude, get your Hydro Flask, get some water in it. Just keep it with you all the time. Stay off those sodas and whatnot. Drink sparkling water, something, anything else but a soda. Don't eat this. Because I remember when I took him to college, I was in the dining hall with him. These are your options. Let's go over things. Because, you know, yeah. No, yeah, no, you're a standout dad. You're a fucking hero is what you are. You said your son was in a plane, getting in a plane putting on the seatbelt, the plane damn gets going, he can maneuver the plane in the air, 
man, what? Like, you say that the mom never even went to the campus. You hunted her down. You, I mean, I'm sure she was privy to some of this knowledge that you had to go and hunt down to find your, on your own. But, like, the reality is, like, the reason why he hid it from you is because he knew you was about to be like, uh, my man's, nah, what do you mean you about to go left and go down the street and go yeah. as fast as you can? Bro, you were just in the air. You're telling me you want to stay grounded, not only that, but you want to yeah. hide in a cave? No, bro, that doesn't make sense. Get back in the air. He knows you would have made him get back in the air, yeah. so he ran from you. So go. Yeah, he, he went. He went. He went to safety. Safety was if you ever. This is his mother. Whatever problem you have, blame it on your dad. If you fail, blame it on your dad because he's. That's the reason why you're, you're yeah, not man, happy. You a superhero, bro. You a superhero. You went to these things. You was all over him, man. You was looking yeah. all over him. Got, got every damn picture to show. Every you know when he um because my son you know like me um uh, African American male but luckily he, we we got him into a, a bilingual school so he was fluent in Spanish 100% fluent in Spanish so I he he applied for um Hispanic aviator scholarship they had no this is North Dakota not too many Latinos and Black folks up there but he applied for the scholarship and instead of him doing it in English I said do the whole interview in Spanish. Don't talk English at all. And when they saw this black young man who looks like his father speaking fluently in Spanish, and when they said, do you have any questions, he wrote his questions in Spanish and thanked them. It did not speak any more English. He received the scholarships. And I still have that video, thank God, when he was receiving that scholarship. Because guess who was there? Me. Bro, guess who no, was? You a his mother. No, you a superhero. She wasn't even fucking there. Bro, no, she was she was busy taking the Facebook credit for it. Oh, my baby's so amazing, and he's doing amazing things, and this, that, another. And he was, but like, but you, you're not, you're not, you're adding to the problem when, when we could have had a solution. So he drops out. He goes to Minnesota. Minnesota fizzes out. He has to go home to Arizona, and that's when it happened. My son, and and keep in mind everything I'm about to tell you at this point. I had to find out after he died. So it turned, this is what ends up happening over a year and a half, two year period, because the ex was so nasty that she made sure nobody told me anything, nothing whatsoever. I have text messages and phone logs where I would I would reach them every day and never get a response or call them and not get a response. So it turns out while my son was back in Arizona getting depressed eating more. He had severe hypertension. Again, this is from, from 2018 to now we're in 2000, 2022, 23. So it turns out that he gained so much weight. When I, when I was reading the report, the, um, the medical records, he weighed 513 pounds when he died. What? He had, uh, he had, he died from, um, he had stage five, stage five kidney disease. I didn't know there was stage five. And the crazy part about this is, again, my new wife is a nurse, so she's going over this information with me. And she was like, his his vitals and stats and whatnot are what people in their seventies or eighties should have. And he's twenty four. So he had, he was on dialysis. I found out a year before he had a stroke, lost vision in one eye. So now he, he, yeah, I found all this out when he, after he died. So when he lost, you saw your son before he passed. 11 19 2019. Awesome. I mean, no, no, I'll say no for him. No, no, no. The last time me and my son, my both sons were together was 11 19 2019. Him, it was 20 when I went to the scholarship presentation in the family day. So I saw him physically. 
me and him last, but the last time that me and my two sons were together for a picture was 11, 19, 19. Sorry about that. Let me you clarify saw, that. So you saw him last when? At, at when he got that in certificate in, in 2020. In, in 20. How old yeah, was he? In 2020, he was 22. Okay. Yeah, no, no, he was, no, he was 20. Yeah, 21. 21. Yeah, so I'm sitting here looking at all of this, and I'm like, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm going to send you everything, because I don't want anybody to say, oh, oh he making this up. And making these these kids called bro. Blue Cap. This, no, this ain't no, blue. You lost your son so, hunting him down, bro. This shit would not have fucking happened if you was around, bro. You was in the midst of yeah. losing weight. The problem what yeah. killed him was weight. And it's crazy because, yeah. bro, nobody out there listening understands. There was no way for me to understand or know that this was going to come to the forefront of things. Now, I want to share something with you. There's two twin brothers that were on a football team when I got to Sterling Heights. Now, I came to Sterling Heights from Pontiac. Now, I was grown, but these new kids, they was, I, it wasn't so many black folks in Sterling Heights at the time. Black kids that was there, I was really interested in them. How did you get here? You know what I'm saying? What, what brought your family here? Shit like that. Well, these two twins, uh-huh. they was both over 300 pounds, and they was freshmen. We called one of them 302. We called the other one 309. 302 <laughs> and 309 went on to go on Instagram, uh, on Twitter later in life, on a hunt to just lose weight, and they they gained massive traction, so much so that I was actually texting somebody today who uh, he he I met him at the gym. He was so massive, he was trying to get heart surgery, or he was trying to go to the Dr. Sebi guy on TV, but he was too big, uh-huh. so Sebi sent him home. So he was he started swimming 100 laps a day. This dude just hit me up yesterday to said he missed the pool. I say, bro, get the fuck back in the pool because he went from too big to be on Sebi to literally, bro, he's like he's he's like he's bones and skin right now. But he did it swimming a hundred laps a day. So yeah. I don't wanna hear fucking I missed the pool. I say shit I wanna hear. I don't wanna hear fucking your work days are long. Make time for the fucking pool. I don't care what you got to sacrifice. Make time for the pool because the pool saved you and it kept you happy and it got you to right. having a fucking, having and getting engaged this weekend. Yeah, you didn't miss a meal. Bro, listen. <laughs> I mean, that's, listen. That's, that's, that's the mentality. You, to Bro, lose weight, you have, to become a, you have to become almost a beast to yourself. That's it. Bro, I'm you, you are your own biggest thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Weight loss is so fascinating because I could be like, all right, I want to get to 190, and I will fucking get to 190, even though my regular chill weight is around 2, 205, 198 all the time when I step on the scale, but the reality is, if I want to get this bitch down to 185, if I really, really wanted to, I could, I just, I eat still what I want, because I know, oh, I'm, I'm gonna go run two miles, and, and I'll be right back to where I was yesterday, regardless of what the fuck I eat today, and that's because, but it doesn't have to be that, I could go just like any other human being, go right into Kroger's, get me a big bag of the best chips that I like, mash them down one sitting while watching the game and feel good and enjoy the whole bag and lick my fingers when I'm through. But reality is, I gotta be disciplined, bro, because I'm an adult and I can't go by. I can exactly go in there and do just what I said. Only thing stopping me from doing that is me. Now, once I figured out about high fructose corn syrup, it was over for pop. Once I figured out what high fructose corn syrup does to human beings, how how that shit. Once I started learning that all the foods in the middle aisles are literally at grocery stores designed to kill you with GMOs and fake food, fake, fake this, fake that. Once I learned that iceberg lettuce ain't even good for you, man. I just my see my. My sister yesterday, she had an app on her phone. You hit the scanner and it tell you if the food is good or bad and give it a rating. Gatorade was four out of a hundred. Gatorade's terrible wow. for you, right? So it's like 
it's a lot. Food is so important, bro. Like, cause there's countries that don't even let GMOs into their food or fed to people, bro. We are literally being killed through our food. And and for the listeners out there, another thing, human food is way less regulated than fucking dog food. You let your motherfucking ass go out there and try to sell dog food right now tomorrow. And I ain't talking about heroin either. I'm talking about actual dog food. You try to sell dog treats and see if the FDA don't get your ass back. But you can sell cupcakes and your kids can sell lemonade right outside right now today. And no one's going to do nothing, question you. You're not going to be required to put nothing on nothing, nothing. Until your food start killing tons of people. And then they're going to be like, look, you got to warn these motherfuckers. They killing themselves. But they still won't stop it. Yeah. So this food shit is important, man, because you can eat yourself into a slumber, eat yourself into a depression, eat yourself away. Friend of mine who went on my ex's Facebook page and sent me a picture of my sons, you know, before he died, him and his brother and whatnot, Mm -hmm. that I noticed once I looked at the picture, he was they were basically holding him up. I didn't, you know, they were basically they were basically holding him up, and I thought he had on some baggy sweats, but they weren't baggy pants. That's with his legs. When they when I read all the information from the hospital, they said he had about fifty to sixty pounds of fluid in each leg. Okay, man. he had this is sepsis, pneumonia, blood clots. He was on dialysis. Year prior, loss of vision. I mean, you how you, you want to break the spirit of somebody? Be a pilot and then lose vision and know you can never fly again. So I know. So now it took me a little while to kind of understand this. Know why my son didn't want to call? Didn't want to talk to me because he didn't. He probably felt that I was going to say I told you so, and, and, it, and it wouldn't have been that way. But you know, so he just kind of suffered in silence and it turned out that he went to the emergency room over the last year and a half, three times, two or three times. The last time, right before he died, he was in the emergency room for 38 days. I did not even know. Bro, did not even. Oh, that was the ex. She made sure nobody said anything. As a matter of fact, um, oh, wow. I'm, I'm going to call somebody out. There is a a preacher who is my fraternity brother. And he was so scandalous. I'm going to call him out in person. I hope somebody from my frat hears his name. His, his name is Staccato Powell. Um, I think he's, he's junior. His father is like, I think the feds want him, but that's a whole nother story for another day. So he sat up there, took side, him and his wife took sides with my ex. And so he's a, he actually was talking about at my, because I didn't go to my son's funeral. And now they asked me to pay for it. I paid for half plus. But so I'll, I'll yeah, go back to that. You didn't have to bury your son. I'm a little pissed off here, Reg. I won't lie to you. You had to bury your son. And then yeah. you being in your son's life could have saved his life. And it's frustrating to me because it's like, though he was an adult, alienation still played a role. And it's like, man, and it's like, there's a there's a huge difference, man. If you were endangering your son, Reg, if every time, if, if the reason why your son was fat is because you kept telling him, leading him down the wrong path. If the reason why your son was fat was because you kept encouraging him to go out and eat at buffets twice a day, once for breakfast, and then a light little lunch, and then go heavy again for dinner, and then finish it off with a good couple bowls of ice cream at home. If that was all you at the end there, but the that type of weight you described, bro, is that's packed on. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's 
that's that those these are excessive numbers. This is a lot of weight to gain for a human being mm-hmm. in that amount of time. He's only been alive since ninety eight, but he was good enough to fly. He was good enough to fly at seventeen. So in mm-hmm. from seventeen all the way down to twenty four, he had mm-hmm. packed on so much weight. That's 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 literally but the fascinating part is how much do you weigh right now, Reg? Me, I'm at two, like two forty-eight. I used to be five forty-three. You were five forty-three. Five forty-three. Yep. So God, and it's crazy because what was his name again? Calypso. What's his name again? Sacramento. What's his name, man? Fuck around, ain't listening to what God talking about. What was it? Oh, <laughs> you I'm not sure. That. I'm not sure, man. Okay. Well, listen. Whatever it was. How does it, and it ain't to be disrespectful, or nothing oh, like that. It ain't to be disrespectful to my man, but it's just like, bro, you siding with the lady, like, no, God told you to lose weight, and you did. So, listen, uh, the thing about it is, man, is that your kid died. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it doesn't uh-huh. matter. It wasn't just one person that singled out. There was a lot of people who enabled this person to think that take, keeping them from you was the right thing. But the reality yep. is, man, is like God showed you and showed you the right way to not to go the other way. He stopped you dead in your tracks and started making you go the other way. And the best part is, is that he put you down that road. Now, you were heavy. That's a heavy number. Five something. Yeah. That's quite the Five number. Yeah. I want to finish with what happened with Dre and uh, and D'Angelo. Now, they're twins. All they have is each other. Okay? So when COVID hit and Dre caught it, he died. So my, my oh, these, wow. I know these kids, man. Like, they were, they were, they inspired plenty of people to get in shape. People, to, the, the, the guy I was talking about that I met at the gym that I said swam 100 laps. Bro, do you know what inspired him? The two twins on the internet that he had wow. never met, bro. But I knew them personally. So you know what I did? I gave him a call one day. Hey, man, I'm here with him right now. Talk to him. Bro, you know what I did for him? For the, for, for, for the, it did everything. Because Dre caught COVID and he passed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, dog. And the question remains had, I know a lot of people were passing. But you were more subjected to it if you were like it's super obese with it, how Dre was. You know what I mean? So, like, it really it, it, it's fascinating that you had been through that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you were at that weight. Because five anything is obese. That's the end oh, of yeah. it. So, it's pretty dope that God stopped you dead in your tracks. And you had been down that road. I've never been five anything. Almost I was. The most I was, man, was 260. 275 sometimes, 260. That's mm-hmm. it. I was a heavyweight wrestler. So by the time, if I was 270 anything, by the time wrestling season came around, I was already too fit. Too, you know what I'm saying? I was already like 265, 260. So I had 15 pounds to spare. Even when them kids was training, it, it didn't move me none. I had 15 to spare. I was eating good. The triple whopper came out when I was in wrestling <laughs> practice. I remember. I was like, bro, after practice... I am leaving, and I am going to go get some food, like Burger King. I remember everybody in there pissed. Like I'm like, yeah, triple whopper time. They upset because I got weight to spare. They're over here spitting in bottles. But let me tell you what I learned from these folks. I learned from them, and I'm sorry, I'm just really passionate about being able to wait and watch why I tell people to stay on their weight. My friends, you know what I mean? So, so, So I learned from these wrestlers that 
okay, man, I was watching them lose that weight. So when it was my time, I already knew, okay, man, when I want to shred pounds, I'm doing everything I've seen them little people do. I wasn't doing it with them, but I still was with them. I was watching them not be able to stay awake in class because they was cutting weight all day, all night, trying to get to this one petty little number. You know what I mean? And then they drain themselves, and now they got to fight at their best while their bodies is drained from keeping this weight. It was yeah. fascinating. But it let me know I could at least, if they got to fight like that, I can at least get my body there, push my body there. When it's hot outside, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to take yourself a jog, do it with a damn hoodie on. Let it uh, get you some water. Make sure you're not dehydrated. But get used to that, man. You know, when you go to the gym, throw a hoodie on. Throw, you know what I mean? Keep it on, too. Sweat as much as you can because sweat equals fucking weight loss. And that'll never change. So I'm sorry, but these stories, man, like, it's just so yeah. fascinating to me. I wasn't trying to rag on a guy or anything like that. But it's like there was people there who fucking stepped in and enabled. When in actuality, God had already showed you. Now you're at 250. The reality is, the reality is if you wanted to get lose those 48 pounds and come down to 200 and hang out with me, you could. You know what I mean? Yeah. Them is little as them is cherries compared to the 302 you just put down. But look right. what God did for you though, man. Like, cause your son just passed. And it's just so fascinating how God had you in the position to help him. And of all people, there were folks there who thought they were doing well by keeping you away. Like you was really yeah. a bad person. Now, guys who don't even have speeding tickets in 35 years usually aren't bad people. You know what I mean? Now, it can happen. Like, there can be white-collar crime. There can be greed. There can be guys who don't speed at all, but then they just overcome the temptation. They end up being cheaters. You know what I mean? Ruin their marriages. I imagine there's that. But guys who, guys who don't even do the speed limit usually aren't beating anybody up. You know what I mean? Who do the speed limit all the time. Guys who haven't had one in running with the law. Guys who are built on concrete military, family, or discipline in all. You know what I mean? They're privy, bro. You were privy to see Germany. Talk. Almost, I've been Toronto. You know what I mean? Bro. Yeah. You've seen Germany. So it's like, bro, that, and many other places that you named, man. So it's like, how? You could have saved a life, bro. That's why I don't care about a name or mixing up a name or hurting anyone's feelings because. You could have saved this kid's life. You didn't even get to fucking see him. That yeah. hurts my and, heart, and bro. That means... even... Yeah, go ahead. I'm, sorry, bro. I'm so sorry, Reg. I'm going to just shut up in a second. But it's just some shit's getting to me. Oh, it's a lot, bro. Look, I, I Reg, appreciate it. Look, it's Reg, a lot. We're having a real conversation. But check this out, Reg. At the same time, yeah. I was standing in an Oakland County jail, a place where I have done everything in my life to not be I'm there for protecting these children from seeing porn. Is the exact same time in the world you were somewhere across the country burying your son that somebody kept from you, and you could have saved not just his eye, but his whole entire heartbeat, man. You could have done yeah. it, and you would have done it. But you know what you're getting ready to do right now? And I'm getting ready to, I'm going to shut up, I swear to God. Now you're getting ready to affect so many other lives. You're getting ready to change so many other overweight, overweight children's lives. So many overweight, overweight folks who are living overweight, there's people like you. See, I care about it to a degree because I've seen that I've helped people train who have shredded six-packs right now. And I still got, um, I still got the little gut because I eat 
bad, and I never do ab work. I just train hard, and I don't. I, I didn't mind being fat, but I am healthy now. But I, I'm not chasing a beach body. I'm just trying to stay dangerous. That's it. But like, yo, but but you lost, you lost so much that you put into, bro, overweight. Bro, you know what you about to do, man, Reg? You are going to help so many folks. And you only 50. That's the beauty in it. The youngest 50-year-old I have ever seen. I thought Reg was 30, y'all, 35. Like, I'm saying maybe 42. This dude is 50, and it's because he's training right now. I tell all the older gentlemen at the gym. I ask them how old they are. I can tell they're a little bit older. And I ask them, and then I tell them, yo, I'm your, I keep coming here and showing up. Because you inspire me. I want to be in here training when I'm your age, too. I want to make sure that I'm still checking the fucking clock every day. I want to make sure I'm still checking them in. I want to make sure I hang out with the dad across the street. This is my last piece, Reg. I'm shutting up. I hang out with the dad across the street, all right, Reg? And this dad across the street, man, this guy, I love him because he's a boxer. And he's really a dad going through everything we talk about on this podcast regularly, y'all. So I haven't been podcasting much, but I will tell you this. I've been putting in hands-on work regularly, every day. And what I do is he's a boxer, so he loves to run. This fucking guy, like, he just runs, like, runs. Like, I try to keep up with him, but I am about to die trying to keep up with him. It's not happening. So, but he pushes it to the limit. You know what I mean? And, man... I, he doesn't mean to inspire my journey for running, because I'm fat at heart, I don't want to fucking run, but he doesn't know he's inspiring it by being the best runner that I hang with, he don't, he don't know it, he's just doing it, because God put him there to help me, and he put him there to help me, man, he, I tell him all the time, like, hey, you don't get how God uses you, though. Yeah, we laugh about it, but in reality, what a blessing, you know what I mean? And that's exactly what you finna be for so many humans, individuals, and people. Because I can't believe I'm standing in a cell crying about my freedom. I was meeting dads in there who had lost children and like all like fucking crazy stories, Reg. But reality, you were burying your son at the exact same time, like a day, two days before. You said February 6th, right? Yeah. Man, I think I went in there February 9th and I was broken. And I'm like, God, what is it you're showing me? You know what I mean? What do you want me to do? I've seen a lot since. But it's just crazy that that's what was happening. And I'm pissed, Reg, because you could have saved him. That's why I said all that. Because you could have saved him yeah. and these folks didn't let you. Like, they guarded. Like, they, they hid their heart. And the, the bad part about it, the even worse part about that, his mother had weight loss surgery before I did. Had a heart attack and had a mild stroke and, and still has some facial paralysis, had four stints put in, and and, and and this is a guy on the street, and I hate this, that she actually posted a video two days before my son died at the hospital, like in the downstairs lobby of the hospital, bragging about her good health and her weight loss. She, she didn't even have the audacity to make the video somewhere else. She was down, because I recognized the lobby in the video. And she, and she was bragging about her great health and weight loss. Two days later, my son dies. And the only way I found out that he was he was he died or was dying at that point was one of her 
family, uh, distant family members who live in Chicago just, just gave up and just reached out to me. Yeah. Said, you need to call the hospital now. I'm like, dude, I'm in, I'm in Cali. I'm not in Arizona. You need to go to the hospital. And I'm like, okay. So I call around to the hospital and whatnot, and I get to the, I call through, they say, I said, can I get to the uh, ICU? And I go, go to ICU. I identify myself. I said, my son, my son is, he's a patient here. They're like, would you like to speak to his mother? I said, preferably not, because we're divorced. It's not good. I just need to know what's the status of my son. He's like, oh, okay, please hold. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna speak, get ready to speak to a doctor or a nurse or something. And then the phone, the phone line clicks back on, and all I hear is screaming. I hear my ex-wife screaming, "Oh, our baby, our baby is gone!" And and God, it was God at that moment that just kept me as calm as possible. And I said, "This is on you." This did not have to happen. Yeah. So yeah, and then and then she and I and I hung the phone up. I hung the phone up. I remember. I remember that. I can never forget that. This is on you. This never had to happen. We were two people that were both genetically overweight and whatnot. So how is it that you go, you have weight loss surgery and you don't think your kids aren't going to suffer the same things that you did? They're your genetics. They're your genetic seed. So now, now I struggle with my oldest son because I saw a picture of him. He's going down the same path. Man, I can't get to him. Man, listen, I can't reach him. Listen, and this is what's about to happen. Ain't no chance. You're about to step in, and 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 you're gonna get. You're gonna prayer warrior it up, and you're getting ready to figure out exactly how to delve in here. But like when I see my daughter, man, and I man, my daughter loves snacks. So what I'm doing is I got her steadily in sports. I used to love snacks, but I got her steadily in sports. I'm pointing out to her all the time, like baby, baby. You know what I mean, like. Like, pay attention to the times you're eating, what you're eating. You know what I mean? So, and you know what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm on a mat. I keep a picture of me as a kid, fat up. So you can see I was a fat kid, man. See it? So you can see, like, this ain't. Look, when you see me, you know I got a little stomach, but my lifestyle's something different. And they see yeah. it because they see me running. They see me working out. They see me not having pop. They get pop once in a while, but it's like a treat mm-hmm. where... Last time their mom had them, she damn near gave them, they ain't no damn near body. She gave them each two prime energy, energy, not hydration, energy drinks to have. Now, they didn't damn get to drink them, but it's like, that's what you give them at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday before a game. They're kids, bro. My daughter's seven. My son, he's six. They can't drink prime energy drinks. It says on the back in bold, if you didn't see it, not recommended for children under 18 years of age in case anybody was dumb enough to actually think that was a good idea and everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what no, you I, mean? I hear you. I so, hear you. Dog, I hear like, you. I, I'm right on key with that, bro. You're getting ready to step in here, bro. And, and you, and it, it's going to, it's going to be made possible. It will be made possible. It will be made possible. Uh, yeah. So, Okay, man, so, and I'm sorry for interjecting so much, Reg, it's just oh, that, no, it's fine, man, man, I did find it pretty fascinating that, like, when you talked about weight, it just caught me, and then, uh-huh. and then, yeah, yeah, and it just, yeah, it's just, it's a thing for me, man, because I, I know yeah. I can help people with that, so it's like, uh-huh. damn, you know, yeah. so, yeah, so go ahead, my, man, I'm sorry, go ahead, Yeah, so my kid was in the ICU for 38 days, I didn't know anything. And then once he passed, and I, you know, thank thank goodness to good friends of mine and 
family members and fraternity members that you know we put monies together i know i know personally i um cut a check for like fifty two hundred dollars you know it was like ten grand fifty two hundred dollars and then some other members of my fraternity and whatnot I, what i did was for transparency i told them pay the funeral home directly I don't even want nobody to say that you gave me any money. Here's a funeral home. Here's an account number. Here's everything else. If you want to send any money, we're not doing no GoFundMe. Send it directly to the funeral home. So, yeah. So what ended up happening was, so they did that, and I was keeping track of the funeral home because they didn't even tell me where he's being buried. It was going to what funeral home had him. Mm-hmm. So I had to find that out. And so I was basically communicating with the funeral home because first, here's a, here's a, here's the thing that that broke my heart is when he passed away, the mother was so scandalous that they had this little uh, family tree thing and they wrote father unknown. What? Yeah. Yeah. My name was missing his father, but the guy who she's dating, she put him down there as stepdad, but there was nothing listed for father. What? He's named after me. Reginald Jackson Jr. I'm senior. How do you not know his father? What? I'm on the birth certificate. How do you not know his father? I mean, how do you not know his name when his name is on the actual, it's on the obituary, it's on, it's on everything yeah. there for, yeah. for the representation that's, I'm just of the telling life. you, that's how dirty it can get. She didn't, she didn't care. I, we had so many friends I thought in common, they all sided with her. They didn't care. They, they knew she was lying, but they just went ahead and sided with her because it was easier. All her little sorry sorority sisters and all their little bum-ass family and friends and whatnot, I basically went from have, being divorced to having no family. Wow. Because because I, home for me is back in the South. I'm from, you know, I lived in Montgomery, Alabama, went to college in Atlanta. Oh. That's, then my, my ex-wife was from Arizona. And then once we moved back to Arizona, I basically kind of left my family back there and made life in Arizona and the reason I'm in Cali is because thank God um, once everything was going crazy with COVID um, my current wife was was travel nursing and she took a travel nursing contract in California so I work from I can work from home and I do so I I just went with her and and thank God because that saved me because I don't know how I would have tolerated all this being in Arizona being in the same city and not being able to see my child when did you leave Arizona? I left Arizona about at the, right at the beginning of right at the beginning of COVID, so probably like late 2019. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, wow, dude. And so, but let's let's cover this one. So the funeral. So they invited me to the funeral, but I was getting threats. I was getting all this other garbage. So I was like, I'm not gonna go. Man, I refused to go. Refused to go. So what I did? Let's go over these threats. What threat? Oh. Oh, because see, there's a whole another story that I'm going to share with you another time, because it, it, it crosses, if you think this story, my life is crazy, trust me, you don't, this is only part one. Um, you know, things where, you know, we had folks that were involved in her organization that were threatening my, threatening my new wife, and just crap like that, and folks that, folks that were just making our life hell, because they believed the BS that was, they were being told. I mean, I had people that would come on my, my Facebook page, come on pet Pay your child support inward, and yeah. and I'm like, yeah. I mean, these, these are all her sorority sisters. These trifling women of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. I will say their names forever because they are some of the most devious, nasty women ever, ever. No, man, and why, why? They all, they're, they're like a gang, bro. They're, just, they're they're a gang in blue and gold. 
No, and I do find it fascinating because, like, I've never really been too into... I want to just talk about this for a second. I've never really been too much into sororities and fraternities and college. Well, and the reason for me was is because I played so many sports. So when I looked at it, I always saw folks into that, and I would be like, I mean, nothing against it because some of my teammates were in those as well. But I would see it, and I would think to myself, like, I'm kind of, I get it, I think, but I'm almost already in these fraternities by playing each sport I play. I'm in play football. You are in a fraternity of football players, and I mean, you meet, you play football. You meet somebody else, like, but you play football. Oh, you play football. What you do? What you do? What you play? You have this thing where it's like, okay, in certain things, in certain situations, you and that person, whoever it may be, stranger or not, can lock in, and you really can tell this when you walk onto a fresh onto a college campus. You know, I play college sports. You walk onto a college campus, and uh, you walk onto a college campus, and you don't know anybody. You find out somebody's on the football team. You guys you are go. instantly locked yeah. in. No words needed. Right. It's interesting you say that because that's how I so, feel now. I feel I feel that way now about my own organization because it exposed a lot of you know. I tell people this, and this is not this. Be careful what you pray for. Right. And let me tell you why I say that. Because I would say in my prayers when I would pray with my wife or she would go into work at the hospital, I would say, I would say, Lord, please reveal the ones that are for us, of us, and against us. And sometimes in that process, when you make that prayer, be prepared for what you're going to see. Because what you expect is not what you're going to see. I saw people who I thought were going to, would have me from the pardon of BMF from womb to the tomb. Right. And they turned their backs on me. I've had so many people who I thought were with me turn their backs on me or talked about me behind my back or actually believed the lies, really thought I'm like, you've been around me all this time. When have you seen that woman talking about she's been beat? Right. You you never saw that. Right. Like, so how are you going to believe it now? Yeah, Yeah. no, that's, that's. So they did. They ran to they ran to their her defense, and they kept and, and she and she keeps making a profit off of these lies. She she goes around, you know, using her little BS credentials, saying she's a doctor, which she is a doctor in nothing, and basically goes around speaking at these little black women empowerment conferences, selling BS and affirmations and all this other garbage while she sits back and and she's a mess herself. How can you go around telling people about being in good health, you've had a heart attack, a stroke, four stents, and your child just died? Like I tell people, and I hurt people's feelings when I say this, you are only as smart as your dumbest child and you are only as healthy as your sickest child. Sorry. You are only, I. you know what? I'm writing that down. You are so only nice. as smart as your dumbest child, and you are only as healthy as your sickest one. Mm, 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 mm. You can have five, six, seven degrees. You can have your juris doctrine and whatever. If your kid is a high school dropout, then that's what you are. Mm-hmm. See, people, see, people, there's parents these days that are more concerned about accolades for themselves mm-hmm. that they're not even worried about their kids. They think that they're 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 their greatest they're their own greatest gift and whatever they leave to their kids that's supposed to be a blessing to them. No, screw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so imagine going through all of this. Imagine basically feeling like you're watching a movie of your life and you're sitting there looking at it on the outside and you can't affect anything. 
to sit back and see that, you know, that I would um, see my ex post pictures with my kids on their birthdays and whatever with some other guy, some whatever guy she's dating saying this is their new dad. So it's been like two guys. This is their new dad. Like, how disrespectful is that? You know, at least respect the 20 plus years of work I put in by not sitting back and saying that that you had to do things to make the, the life better because I couldn't do it. But, but in the other hand, you would talk about how I'm, I'm a paycheck and a very effective one. Not a good husband, not a good man, but I'm a paycheck. Let's talk about that for a quick second. Yeah. How much in child support were you being asked to pay? Um, I was. The state was only asking me to pay three thirty a month in oh, Arizona. You, say that. you kept paying uh -huh. six. You kept paying six. Yeah, you're right. And so I, I was paying six before I got ordered. Yes. And, and like I said, the ex shot herself in the foot. Because she was going to get more money from me. And then, I, then they said, well, she has to handle benefits. You know what? I said, no, I have really good benefits of my job. I'll take care of the benefits. I'll pay for extracurricular activities. And I will give set aside earmark monies for sports and for extra clothing and whatnot and everything else so they can have everything they need. I, there was no fight with that. You want me gone? I, I eventually left. You only have to step out once. And then I'm dumb enough to say, okay. And then you step out again, and I'm like, okay, well, then I, you, you really must want me gone. Mm -hmm. And then, you, so even with that, so I even told her one time, I said, you know what? I'll pay you child support. Just let me have the kid. Yeah. I'll take care of him. I'll do both. Because I, had a, I have a great job. I was making over 100 k. I I was good. But that wasn't good enough. The only thing she was doing was just... How much more money can I get? You know, oh, and then got mad when I, when, uh, you know, I would pay child support two, three payments uh, in a, ahead. You know, oh, he must have more money than that. He need, he probably needs to go back to court. Right. Yeah. Hey, man. So are you aware of Title Four Section D or no? I, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Okay, Talk to me. Let me tell you what Title Four Section D is. So in 1975, and what year were you born in Reg again? I was I was two years old when 1975. Okay, cool. No, no, no. This is this is dope because you were actually breathing air when this happened. So this is pretty dope. So in 1975, this is what happened. The Welfare Act was put on our Constitution, and under the Welfare Act, there's there's different titles. On Title Four, so there's different titles, mind you. Title Four, Section D. This incentivizes, mind you, this is on our Constitution, this incentivizes states to play middleman and put, so what happens is they incentivize, they incentivize states to put people on child support. Now, here's how it works. For every $1 that a dad pays in child support, now you build computers, so I know you're going to get this. Every one dollar that they build, that they pay in child support, the state get back, gets back sixty six cents in free funding. Okay. Now you think that's pretty crazy. Wow. It's free federal funding. They don't have to do anything for it. This is why when celebrities get charged, like when they're on child support, this is why you mm -hmm. see these astronomical numbers. Now I'm going to really explain why you see the super astronomical number. It's because Normally, those celebrities aren't marrying or dating people who are have a bridge card and don't have anything. Unless the mom is just knows the system and she just automatically plays like she's broke. 
that works. But other than that, usually they have something because they wouldn't be dating a celebrity, right? So right. they don't have a bridge card. But if they did have a bridge card, if they were have on state assistance, like free Medicaid or something like that, check this out, Reg. So if they have, if they have that, now, every $1 that a dad pays in child support, the fine family court and the middleman in all these cases, they get $5 in free funding per dollar he kicks out. So, for example, if a dad is ordered to pay $500 in child support, the mom has a, um, she has a bridge card or her kids have Medicaid. Now, he puts the 500 into the machine. The 500 comes out. The 500 goes into her hands. Uh-huh. And out of the top of this machine spits $2,400 that goes right to the family court judge and her staff. Wow. And nobody knows about it. Now, it probably would have been closer, st- closer studied at the time it came out. And Americans would probably know about it if we all weren't too busy arguing about the free food aspect of the Welfare Act and the free medical aspect of it. And Title IV, Section D is pretty much just finer print. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So wow. these folks are making hand over fist. Family courts, bro, make five, $50 billion. $50 billion, with a B, in profits a year. That's a $50 billion business, man, a year. Wow. The NFL only makes $10 billion in profits, and the NBA only makes $10 billion in profits. So you could put the NBA and NFL together, and they don't even get close to what family courts make. And the reason why is because, again, once you get to 10 uh, – let's go back to Michigan – 30, 1,100 beds, right? I'm not good with percentage, but I know that's a low percentage, 1,100. But if that means all the rest of those beds need to be occupied 24-7 for money purposes. So here's another thing. Once a dad gets to some certain amount of money in child support debt in this state, now he's a felon. So you, you, you now you can arrest him. You can do whatever you want to him. But definitely if he's a felon, he's, he's eligible to go to one of those um, state privatized facilities. So it's business, bro. They don't like, you know what I'm saying? Like my baby mom broke for two kids. Guess take a guess at how much my judge ordered her to pay. Take a guess. Well, I mean, I, did they order her to pay? Her broke my daughter. She gave oh, my man. daughter a black eye. It'd be lucky if you cleared three, four hundred dollars a child. That's a great statement, but what's a number you would put on it, Reg? I would probably say total two kids. And it's a woman. I would probably say probably 300 total. I wish. It's 150 for two of them. Oh, wow. 149 and change, to be 100% exact. Wow. Now, the state calculator said she was supposed to pay 420. That's a number that I would remember. It was, she was supposed to pay 420, not mm-hmm. anything else. My judge looked at it and said, you know what? I'm actually going to give you a discount, and you're going to pay 149 something something. It was rollback prices that day, I guess. I don't know. But everybody knew that two kids is 420. That's the number. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But it's just like I do know. The reason why is because it'll take a long time to get to whatever the number is, 30000 or ten thousand. The the real number is if you get to ten thousand in debt three times, then that's when you are felon. So it's not thirty thousand. Thirty thousand in total, but you can get to ten and then knock it down to seven and then get back up to ten again, and then it counts as two times at ten. 
You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. bro, it's it's deep, man. It's deep. It's deep. So like, um, cause like, what if you're at ten, you get it down to like you're flirting with the getting under nine, and then you you know you just can't get over the hump of getting back under nine thousand. You could easily be at ten quick. Now you're a felon. They're not gonna even risk putting nobody, no mom in that situation, cause there's no prison space for that, bro. There's chicks killing each other on my local news every morning. I cut it on. I see it. There's chicks killing kids. They're on. It's it's bad over here, bro. So shootings. They be murdering. It's 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 deep. <laughs> they be accessories. Things that are real go to prison crimes. The problem is there's no go to prison beds, and nobody in my state even knows or talks about it for real. Cause nobody even knows about this. Reg, you're a smart human being. Spend. The next month, asking people if they heard of Title IVD, it's Roman numeral four, so IV, ask them if they heard of Title Four Section D. Because everybody in their mind, somebody jumped on your Facebook page and said, pay your child support, yeah. nigga, right? Yeah. But here's the whole thing about it, right? Whoever typed that up and hit, send, and, and like, yeah, yeah, mm, I did it, I did it. These fucking retards didn't even know what Title IV Section D was. And if they hear this and they decide, yes, okay, they can go ask everybody if they know what Title IV Section D is. And the answer is no. And, dude, if the moms knew every time $500 was put in their hands that their judge got $2,400 for their kids, they'd be outraged. They'd be outraged, Reg. But here's the problem. You didn't know about this scam. Your next-door neighbor right now, he doesn't know about the scam. Your friends, like, in your inner circle, even back at home in Alabama, they don't know about the scam. How? And I want you to ask some of the smartest individuals you know, too, Reg. And at least if, if, if you ask 10 and only one of them know, that means we got a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I found that I asked the smartest humans I knew, and they had no clue. My brother, as much as I love sports, he loves studying. He loves knowledge. He know He's a plethora of just super random info. He has some, I don't know, man, just like you said, lots of degrees, like the thermometer. But so <laughs> yeah. you can ask him anything, and he usually fires back with the response, and you can talk to him about it. He's like a human AI. It's dope. But when I asked him about Title Four, Section D, he just stared at me and told me he wasn't hip. I knew something was going on, bro. I'm like, bro, you're one of the smartest humans I know. You're 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 a community activist. You're you study generations and generations about people and everything else. How could this have went under your nose? You know what I mean, bro? Yeah. He would study the encyclopedia for some for fun, Reg. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. For real, bro. And he would be studying philosophers from other countries, like, just in his spare time. He'd be like, what you doing? Oh, I'm studying this philosopher, such and such. Bro, what? How? How? What? Whatever. I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to play Xbox. You know what I mean? Right. But for real, bro, for real, this dude, man. And it's a problem. So that's why I wanted to tell you about it. Title Four, Section D. You know, massive, massive money laundering. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Yep, IV dash D. Yep, it's there. So there's other titles on there as well. Oh wow! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh wow! Yes, sir. Yeah, that's gonna be my reading. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Child welfare federal funding streams title uh, title four B. Wow. <laughs> yep. Well, there goes there goes my reading project after this. Yeah. That, I'm telling you, man, this is everything. This is the engine. 
bro, everybody keeps talking about the, it's like low, it's like we're all talking about these cars, right? And it's like if all we, the whole world is fascinated about cars, but nobody has one ounce of idea of what's under the hood. What makes this motherfucker go? That'd be like if we was a world full of cars and there was only just a minor few people, like maybe two that knew about the engine. Oh, it's the engine that makes it go. We all just never even think to look under the hood. What makes this puppy move and go is exactly what we just talked about just now. Nothing else, man. Nothing else. At the time in 1975 when this was put into play, in fact, and this ain't a race thing, but like this is something I've come to find. Before the drugs hit the black communities, actually, black families was a little tighter. They was more tighter. They had they had been through adversity together. They was tighter. It wasn't it wasn't broken homes like it is right now. Right now, it's known like broken homes. Like that's like the narrative and the stigma put on in America. You know what I mean? But the reality is, like before then, there was there was homes. What brought about what brought about it? And this is something that you will remember. No, because you weren't here in America. But maybe you had friends and family when the when um welfare man came to check at your house back in the seventies when this all started. You could not have a daddy at home, and you had to either hide or he couldn't be there. And they was going there looking for signs of a man being there. Anything, you know what I mean? With that yeah, being said, I, I do remember that. Yeah, that we all remember said, talking about that. Yep. With that being said, eventually a system was put into place where dads wasn't even, you could get his ass off the picture quicker. And faster and faster and faster and faster and faster did did that, did that it go like that. You know what I mean? Faster and mm-hmm. faster and faster. Wow. Man, man. Crazy stuff, man. That's crazy, man. Well, my mind's officially blown. Yep. Officially blown. Oh, wow. Yep. So basically, my six hundred dollars I was paying per month. Basically, twenty nine after the ex got the six hundred, the state got twenty nine hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Wow, 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 wow! I'm sitting up here reading it. Like I say, knowledge is knowledge is power when perfectly executed. And I see that. Wow. Okay. Now, well, imagine I'm, how your baby mom would feel if she knew, which she doesn't, because she doesn't. Imagine how she'd feel if she knew that every single time she got six, she could have got 29. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was so quick, so quick to fight for the pennies, trying try to, you know, trying to run for the dollars, but only catching the pennies. Yeah, oh well. Yeah, that's the thing now, man. Even, even with, you know, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but not being involved with that system anymore, it's still... It's, it's it's a rough thing. I mean, just the toll, emotional toll it takes. That you, I mean, you, like you even see in the Bible that debt is slavery. Yeah, let's be for real. Debt is slavery, and for us, and that's what it felt like. If I, I mean, before I would touch anything, I mean, I would, you know, I made sure they got this money before anything. Yeah, that's that's the reason why I was trying to pay it quick, fast. The passport. They'll do mm-hmm. everything. They'll take the money right from you. It's over with, bro. And it's just yeah. so crazy, man. Because if more Americans understood, and and uh, again, there's 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 numbers to this, <clears throat> but the one that sticks out the most 
<clears throat> is 94, <clears throat> hold on, so 94% of all of our prisoners in this nation <clears throat> come from single mother homes. <laughs> so when you send these people to prison, you don't just, everybody thinks they're in jail, they're just sitting in their cell. No, you're just fucking retarded. <clears throat> what happens is, you go to a state facility, uh-huh. and you can sit in your cell all day, or you can apply for whatever work <clears throat> that jail has to offer. Or, I mean, you can no, no, you can sit here all day long and do nothing. Don't do anything with your brain at all. Or, I will let you work for free. It'll be free labor, pretty much. But you'll get to get out your cell. You'll get money for commissary and shit, but it'll be pennies. Right. You can be pressing license plates, toilets. <clears throat> I had a friend in college, a roommate. He said <clears throat> at the prison at his house, they make toilets. <laughs> I'm like, what? Boom! Right on the toilets. I leak on and say, "Brother, you want to take a pause? <laughs> I'm worried about you." I'm good. Yeah, just a bunch of burps and shit. You know how it goes. But it's okay, man. <clears throat> so, what about your son now? Ah, uh, well, for my oldest son who passed away, Reginald, who passed away, um, I didn't I didn't go to the funeral. I was there, but I paid for a separate service for us to, for myself and my wife to go um, view him. And sadly, my current wife, that was the first time she's ever seen him. She's never, yeah, they never, that's the first time she saw Reginald was in when he was in a casket. And so, and you know, that, and, and that's why I don't sit back and just say for me, it's, it's heartbreaking for me, but it was, I lost a relationship that I've nurtured over all these years. Yeah. She lost the, the potential of having a great relationship and she lost another one with my son for no reason. So there are good women that there are good women that end up, end up suffering just as much as the man they've chosen to live their life with. And so mm-hmm. I love my wife for everything she's done. Cause she's been a rock throughout all of this because I even told her like two years ago when this is really bad, if you want to leave, I couldn't blame you. I don't want you to, but I, you you don't deserve the, this at all. You don't, mm-hmm. and that was hard. And I'm and just to just to be I'll keep it a hundred with you, man. It was August um, August of 2022. I attempted suicide. August of 2022, and I was I was you know I was just just at the at my wits end. And just, it was, it was bad. I mean, I'm still, I go to therapy every week and whatnot, but I was just at that point to where it's like, you know, you, you fall, you fall out of favor with God. And, and the only reason you fall out of favor, because that's what you feel like. That's not what happens. And so I, I got into that point where I wanted to blame, you know, why me? I didn't do this. I'm, I'm not wrong. I've been doing right. I took care of my children and I've, you know, I've done good, the best that I could by this family. I, I'm not deserving of these, these, these problems. But then I had to sit back and look at the blessing in the lines of everything that was going on. You know, I felt like, I felt like I was in the lions then, but I was in the lions then, or I was in that furnace, but I didn't get burnt. I could have went to prison. I didn't go. I could have been murdered i didn't get killed right 
I tried to kill myself and I did not succeed. And all these things, and then I want to sit back and then I have the audacity to question God. The greatest lesson I learned when you walk in faith, it offers you the least amount of questions. When you walk in doubt, all you have is questions. Yep. And that's the thing. And so I've had I've I've had to mature more in this past three years than I thought I would ever do. And, and I thank God because I, I sit back and I say I call this a Roy moment because that's my father's name. And I, and I feel like okay, it might not have worked out the way it was supposed to, but I still maintain a person that if my father was here right now, he would be proud of what I did. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so even on my Facebook page, when I was writing a little tribute to my son, it was yesterday and I wrote a tribute to him and I used one of those AI, my, one of those AI generators. Cause I wanted to see what would my son look like right. when he, when he got married or when he was getting older and everything else, because I, I had that taken away from me. You know, and so I did all that and, and, I, and I put out there and I said, you know what, it's, I, I'm not saying, I, I'm not, I can't say I'm in a point of forgiveness. I'm still trying to find my way emotionally through this, but I, I'm still just totally confused on how nasty people can be and how nasty people can be and not even know the story. So many people never asked me a damn thing, but they were quick to hang me out the dry. They were quick to talk about me. They were quick to spread lies and about myself and my current wife and everything else and was willing to turn their backs on me just to make our lives a living hell just because they heard one person saying a story that they they knew they could never validate because there was nothing to validate it. It was worth it. So at some point, somebody has to grow up and thank God he put that on my heart to start to look towards other things. I might not have my oldest son, but there's still young men out here who can use a mentor or can use some fatherly, fatherly advice until I can see my youngest son again. And I leave all doors open for that. And I hold no ill will to him because he was being fed bad. He was being fed poison fruit so he can only bear what he's been fed. So, so from that angle, I'm like, if he called me right now and said, dad, I I want, I I want to be back in your life. There would be like nothing, like not a day pass. Yeah. Yeah, Because he didn't cause it. Because I used to kick myself because I taught my sons. I said, protect your mother at all costs. Because that's how I was raised. Hey, I got a hmm? question. You remember this story in the Bible, right? And I don't remember exactly which story it was, but like Mm -hmm. father and son, they weren't talking, right? And then, like, the one son, after so long out on his own, he returns. And when he comes back, the, the, the dad, he going to tell the other ones, like, hey, man, go get the finest rose and go give them to such and such, meet them halfway and get him together. And when I read that story, it, it reminds me of just the mercifulness that fathers do be having for, you know what I'm saying, for, 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 for their kids, you know what I'm saying? So it's pretty dope, no matter how, how serious the, the distance may have been. Because it says he was far away, and then he came. You know what I'm saying? They, and he met him halfway with his best robes. Like, he wasn't only, not only was he not, not only was he merciful, but he was so merciful that he was he met him halfway with, with, with the finest robes. So yeah. it was pretty, that story, man, that's what. No, 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 yeah, no. And, and that's the thing about it. I'm not going to sit back and act like I'm some huge biblical scholar, but I can tell you that the greatest thing that I used to fear was silence. Right. Because I, I didn't know how to operate in it. 
and now it's like I'm, I had to learn how to be okay with it, embrace it, and, and make the most of it. And so that's kind of what I'm doing now. I mean, I do like like right now. I did a, a I do these fatherhood initiative shirts that says Dad, Father, Mentor. And I've been I've been doing the shirts and, and putting those out there and I've had fathers buying those because it's time. You know, what? they can keep Father's Day because I rather I rather celebrate other fathers 364 days and so they can keep the, the one that's that's given to us because nothing happens anyway. So let's talk about this dad father mentor mentor. So yeah. are these shirts you're selling online? Um, you know what? No, I, I, I need I need to list them. I just got a shipment. I just got a shipment in, so I was. I'll, I'll send you a link to them. Matter of fact, send me your size. I'll send one out to you. But oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I'm gonna make sure. I, I'm gonna make sure I market this thing. Now, I wanted to go a little deeper than just wearing okay. this shirt every day. I'm gonna wear the smoke out this shirt. But here's the thing: I mm-hmm. want to actually. I want to actually. When you get this thing online, I'd like to get in the habit of marketing this shirt onto this podcast every time we do an episode. Maybe before the podcast. Maybe after the podcast. Yeah. Maybe stop. Well, here's the, here's the thing. What inspired me for that shirt was there's different steps. Every every you know what, like I say, you know, I, I told this one young man, I said, you know what, in life you if you're you're lucky to get one father. Right. Obviously you get but you're blessed to have two because he's like, What do you mean two? I said, Our father that art in heaven and the one that should be in your life and I hope and pray that he is. Right. So I said, you know what I, you know, there's these bonus dads, and that's why it said dad, and it said father, but it said mentor. There's men yeah. who do not have yeah. children, but yeah. by father's uh, state, um, by father's standards, they are fathers, because they're doing some of the hardest lifting to come in and mentor someone who has had an absence of a good, solid, positive male role model in his life Man. that, you know, that is a harder, it's a harder hill to climb, so, because there's been so many setbacks put in the so I want to say this: When I did uh-huh. move from one city to another, it was a culture shock. I went from being one of the only white people on the team to being one of the only black people on the team. Cause I'm biracial, uh-huh. right? So uh-huh. the thing about it is, like my coach doesn't realize how much he had helped me. My head coach, he'll be like, "All right, you gonna play football? He like you playing football? All right, you gonna wrestle? And then he gonna run track? So this means I'm around this guy every day, uh-huh. all the year till school's out." Summertime, I'm on my own for a little bit, but then I'm backing him now. He didn't realize, like, I was actually going down the wrong road. I was still loving football. I had just came from a team with, that was undefeated. But at the same time, at home, I was doing the wrong things. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't have any friends who was doing no nothing really good at home. So when I come to this new community full of, like, Chaldeans, which are folks from Iraq, and, like, Albanians and Jordanians and stuff like that, I start seeing, like, wait a minute. They're kind of operating way different than what I'm used to. What I did have in common with folks is that fraternity of football. And my coach, man, mm-hmm. my time with him really, really helped. So, But all the coaches, it made me think about all the coaches. Kids go off to school. They go off to school to this college. They're far away from their families. But one thing they do is they got this dude who they, they take orders from on the football field. He's a mentor. He's playing that gap of that role. So... I think that's an excellent that's an excellent yeah. uh, excellent example of maybe yeah. exactly what your shirt yeah. is. But man. also don't that's discount cool. you're also a member of the greatest fraternity and that's fatherhood. Man. You, Spot on. And I, I tell people that. I said, you know what? It doesn't take it doesn't mean you have to have Greek letters on your chest. It doesn't mean you have to attend meetings and, and do community service and whatnot. Being a, if you are doing your 
best to be the best damn father you can be for your children and making that sacrifice, it's the it's the greatest thankless job we will ever have. And we don't want thanks. When people thank us, we'll get mad instead of being happy. Mm-hmm. It's not like being in the military and they say thank you for your service. Like, why are you thanking me for being a father? That's what I'm supposed to do. I, I chose that role. I chose that. So, yeah, man, I, I, I'm in a fraternity by letter, but I'm in the greatest one by being a father. Yeah, and no, even being true. separated from my kids, one the one I won't see until it's my, my turn to be called home, and one that's still physically here, I still cherish the fact that I had... 21 plus years in my oldest son's life and almost 18 in the other one. So, yeah, that's that's what keeps me fighting. That's what keeps me going. And that's what, you know, that's the reason why I do these different things, because if I don't, it's just going to consume me. And when you let the darkness consume you, it's going to take you to a place you never want to go to. You're never going to want to go there. And it's hard as hell to come back. So do yourself a favor and don't go. Right. No nah, man, that's that's no nah, man, that's a uh, that's pretty serious, man. No, nah, that's pretty serious, man. Twenty one fathers a week commit suicide due to child access issues. Yep. So, um, and it doesn't really go talked about as much. So it's 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 pretty deep. When fathers do get to talking about uh, thinking, uh, considering, can, you know what I mean? Taking, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, my son, he's just around, so I'm still, I'm just. Uh, but it's 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 pretty. Um, it's pre- no, no, you can't eat those, big dog. Uh, it's can pretty deep. Yeah, it's pretty serious. You can't. You know what I mean? It's, it's folks yeah. don't talk about it like it should be talked about. To be honest, they don't talk about it like they should talk about it. it, it they don't talk about it like they should. So, um, my goal, man, honestly, is to make sure that these conversations continue to be had. Because we can't keep just acting like this isn't happening. We can't just keep acting yeah. like this isn't driving very smart people to the edge when and it shouldn't. In actuality, they should just be heard. Yeah, and I, you know what? And that's what amazed me when you reached out to me. I was amazingly touched because I I was trying to, me and a good friend of mine who, well, I mean, I reached out to him because we were in a father support group. And he he was, I mean, we've never met in person, but he has been the greatest of a, of a friend to me. And like I say, his story, his story is just like mine. I was like, I was going to reach out to him and make, and make sure he connects to you. Because yeah. I said, I said, if we can't, because I said, you know, I told him, I have a podcast space, let's do it. But I wanted my story to not be told by me. I wanted to tell it to somebody and let them digest it. There's so many other stories that I didn't want to go on and say, well, because I did radio and this is the so-and-so podcast and you're da-da-da-da. And, and it's talking about me because I feel like that's being kind of self-absorbed and slightly narcissistic you know, to sit there and toot your own campaign. But I what? appreciate the market of you allowing me to, you to know share my Let me tell you something about that. At first, man, that kept me from doing that. That kept me from telling my story as much. That that kept me from plastering this thing. That kept me from helping others because that's really all it boiled down to because it just took me to getting comfortable talking about my story to where I could evolve having these conversations about um, about these, about, you know what I mean? On these podcasts. It, to have to be able to direct and navigate in these conversations, it it, it 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 talking about my story helped get to get to other folks' stories. So I knew it 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 was, it was in order. But at first, that's exactly how I was feeling. Like, damn, I don't necessarily want to 
But I real life cared about hearing these stories. So it's it's dope. And a big problem, a big problem, a big problem that we have is that dads that are going through this, they really don't have nobody to talk to about it. And the folks that they have told in their circle, number one, they've told them a trillion gazillion times. That's number one. Number two, number two, these folks don't even really get the full grasp of, all right, man, a person kidnapped your kid, right? Pretty much, they didn't kidnap your kid, but they took your kid's pretty much energy for you, and, and they took the rob time, they took your kid's time from you. I mean, he was a grown man, but, like, they took his time from you by alienation. So, 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 they took his time. And the thing about it is, like, it didn't even have to necessarily go like that. It did not have to go like that. Okay, so, um, a problem I'm having, to be quite honest, is that you've been through all of this, and just now today, you were taught about Title IV, Section D. So, so, how, how, how's that fair that all these parents... All these humans are going through this and they have no idea of why it's even happening or the amounts of money that are being brought in. You know what I mean? So we have to talk about it. We have to have these conversations. Not only, but you have to get this podcast that you're considering doing going. The reason why you have to do it is because one, the first story you're gonna know the best is yours. Number yeah, two, once you get once you get comfortable talking about this and just openly talking, talking, talking. Pretty soon, you're getting ready to start cutting in to the community's problem. You're going to cut into the community's problem. So, but it can't happen until you, I mean, I think there needs to be 100,000 more podcasts just like this. Because they want folks not only like this. There you go, Roscoe. Not only for this topic, but we also need to have it for couples that want to stay together man because the reality yeah. is they got make all this money off of people fighting and give you nowhere to go fix it with each other i see that as a problem why can't some yeah. of that money go because i told you pontiac roscoe roscoe no up here up here up here pontiac they make all that money in the brokest city all the schools are closed all the rich folks got to come to that city to get robbed for their kids, leave out in the city that's broke, angry, not knowing all the money is not going to that city, it's going to them people. It doesn't go to the building. The money goes right to the people who are on the case. Retirement funds, pay raises. Wow. Yeah, man. It's not spread out. It doesn't go to the whole building, just them. So they're incentivized to get money out of somebody, and it's who's the best candidate. You know what I mean? Like, in that case, they're really everything possible to make sure I'm not the one getting child support. There's no vetted interest in it. It doesn't matter about the safety of my kids. It's just how can we tweak this thing and keep it going? After a lady blacks somebody's eye, what's more to do? But I want to tell you this, too, Reggie. The state of Michigan, and I'll tell you this quickly. The state of Michigan, I found out on May 8th of this year, the whole time I've been trying to get help, they had me mixed up with some dead guy in a place called Hillsdale County where I've never been because it's like 
Boone, you know what I'm saying? Boondocksville. It's nowhere near like where civilization is in Michigan. So why would I be there? But like somebody with my name, because my name is pretty popular in Poland. My last name is popular like Smith is here or Johnson or black or anything. And guess what? These motherfuckers had a dead guy's charge on my name without me knowing for nine years. Oh, my God. Bro, Michigan DHS, bro. They're an extremely incompetent group of folks. On the news every day, they're running stories back to back to back to back to back about kids fucking dying because these folks will not do their job. Trinity Chandler, there's a kid five months ago, kid 12, uh, uh, 11 months ago. It's every single day with these folks. They will not save kids. Now, they just got sued in 2008 because they were the seventh largest foster care system at that time. They were they were so negligent, the state of Michigan, with the children they have in their custody, that they were motherfucking ordered to have court monitored. Um, they were court monitoring. They're, they got court ordered monitors to monitor all their cases, pretty much like. And the monitors have to report back to the federal judges. Well, in 2022, one of the reporters reported to Judge Nancy Edmonds in Detroit, the federal judge, that not only was... Michigan DHS doing bad, but they had regressed from where they originally started. How the fuck do you regress when you're supposed to have reformed? How do you regress from reforming? Right. How's that happen? Right? So That's it's so pretty good. crazy, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. Well, you've educated me today. I yeah. feel like I will be a reader. No, yeah. yeah, I want to ask you a couple more questions here before sure. you part ways, man. Last yeah, no, that's good. Couple, good. Last question, a couple questions here for you, our man. Listen, um, how first of all, how old is your youngest son again right now? Oh, he's 20. He's 20. 20. He's turned 20. Yeah, okay. July 2nd. So, listen, man, through everything you've been through, man, if you could, uh, if what, what, what would you say your biggest takeaway has been from all of this? Oh, the biggest takeaway of all this, it's... Time, time is way too precious for pettiness. Mm. It's the key, yeah. That it, the old, like I say, the greatest victim in this whole thing is the children. Yep. Is the children, and and doesn't you you might think you're winning, but you're you're not. You're hurt. You're hurting the kid. You're destroying the kids, and in this case, you're killing them literally. And. There's you, you got to answer for it, so it's like it's not worth it. So that's kind of that's that's for me. Yeah. Um. So listen. Um. Parental alienation pretty much cost you your relationship with your son, causing yeah. him the past. Because I know with everything in my heart that you not being around for your son at the time of all this taking place literally cost him. His life, I feel like you would have saved him. I know this for a fact because you had already been down the road, so you knew exactly how to navigate off of it. As you were literally just fresh from doing it, you yeah. know what I mean. You you were just fresh from doing it. You could have prevented, you could have prevented it from getting to that phase. Um, it's really remarkable to me because I know for a fact that you could have really saved this young man. You could have saved him. He was a pilot. Like, it was so much mm-hmm. in the air for him to do. You know what I mean? We didn't even get a chance to ask him what he felt about UFOs on record. You know what I mean? We didn't <laughs> yeah. get a chance to... None of that, bro. It just pisses me off. Like, he was robbed. And, and he was robbed because you could have had helped him. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. I think, like, man, there's dads out there whose kids love things that they do and they're not around to teach them. Every day I don't 
you know, every day where I don't show my kid something that I like, that he likes, I'm robbing him because he could be better at it. So I try to show my kids music and things like this. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, if there's a dad out there, man, who suffered loss of their child, um, what advice? Uh, what advice would you give to them? I think for me, the best thing that brought me comfort is stop suffering in silence. That was, you know, um, I I was blessed to have a friend who reached out to me and got me into a follow support group. Because the thing about it is, a lot of times we don't want to truly acknowledge that there's a problem and we truly don't want to seek help or whatnot because it kind of hits us like, okay, you might feel like you're not, you know, you're not as strong because you need somebody to, you know, need somebody. But a crutch is okay when it's used is a temporary solution. If you need that to walk better in the long run, use the crutch now to help you along that way. Don't sit there and try to walk this out on your own because you might get to a solution that is acceptable, but the toll you have taken on yourself is not going to benefit the child in the end because whenever you see your, hopefully see your child again, you want to be in the best mental, emotional, and physical shape possible, because you can't make up time. You just got to make the most of it. Um, I think that's great advice, and I do want to ask you one more question here. Sure, so, go for it. Check this out, Reg. Um, okay, so if you could give advice out there to a mother who is alienating a... Well, one more ask, so I want to sneak in here. Um, sure, what would you say your best way to get through um, the loss? You know, your, your son passed, your dad, this was fairly fresh. What would you say, the, um, how do you say your biggest way to get him through it has been? If you're not connected, if you're not connected, for me, it was getting connected back to, you know, my, my peace, which is, you know, trying to get a more firm religious footing to understand. Because I think the problem is we try to, you know, you can't sit back and just be thankful to God in the good times. You can't sit back and say, oh, I got a brand new car, I'm blessed. Or, you know, it's funny how people love to thank God in the good times, but when it's bad, they don't, they don't run to them. Or, you know, so it's like, no, I had to, I had, I had to lose something to truly know how important things are or what's the worth of it so it's like you're gonna have you're gonna have to look deeper into yourself mm-hmm. and so yeah. and i want people to hear like um if you notice um you know reg literally just took the ultimate loss that you can take and it he could have prevented it because we all heard us talk about weight loss and how he got into it. And we've been back and forth for a while now, and you could tell Reg would have got the job done because that's the kind of duty it's in his DNA. Um, I want to ask you here if you could say something out there to a mom, man, who's alienating a kid from a father that needs to actually be in their life for reasons like what happened in your story. What would you say to her, Reg? For the love of God, please stop. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, and I know that sounds so simple, but you just, you, you might feel like, you know, you're empowered and, you know, you're, you know, you're standing your ground, but really all you're doing is destroying your child or children from having 
some structure, at least some some good memories, all for the sake of your pride. Yeah. And and understand pride. What, what what comes what comes after pride? Well, pride comes before the fall. But you, 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 it's not worth it. Just just let them have that relationship. Let them meet their be back with their dad, and let them decide if it's worthwhile. You know, I, I, um, just really quick, I uh, applaud my uh, mother-in-law because my wife, my current wife, grew up without a father, met him a couple times, you know, and he had his struggles in life. He has passed away, but her mother never downed him. She never said your dad is this and your dad is that. He had his own personal struggles and demons and whatnot, but she allowed them to always have access if they need to. And I used to hear that, and I didn't know the power of it until I went through it. Right. And, you know, like, let them let them make that decision. If, they, if they're old enough, let them make that decision. Because, let's be for real, these kids know. Yep. They're not stupid. Oh, they yeah. do hear. Close whatever door you want to close. They know. Yeah. And and like I say, you have to understand what you do now. I hope if you're doing that and being evil now, know that the bill is going to come due for your actions. Be prepared to answer for them because you're going to have to. Not to me. Cuz cuz like you know, in the Bible says, there's no vengeance I can give. Yeah. I can provide that will be anything that God can deal out. Let him do that. And that's been the hardest thing for me because I've been angry to that point. I've been mad to that point. I've been wanting to take, you get that feeling of wanting to take things in your, in your own hands. But if I did that, it would only put, like I was told by a good friend of mine, that would only give you one second of happiness and a lifetime of regret. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's powerful stuff, man. Listen, man, I have to always ask this last question. I'm sorry, sure. that's just last bear. But listen, if you could leave this, conclude this podcast, man, with uh, some words um, for your sons. Um, what, what? Because I honestly believe, you know, technology. Your kid, your your kids are grown here, and your son, who's 20, well, obviously Reggie Junior is listening in. He's hearing everything. Yeah. Talking about. yeah. But like the the the. The younger son that you have, he's yeah. 20 years old and he has a cell phone. This is technology. Um, right. And it's important to hear because, like, uh, he probably didn't hear it. My kids are taking I'm here. only made this podcast because I'm just trying to be a damn good dad. That's it. I'm learning from, if he's hearing yeah. this, I'm learning from your dad. You know what I mean? I'm, well, I hear you. No, I'm talking to you right now, Reggie Senior. If I, I'm, you talk about your dad, I'm, I'm learning from him right now because you're talking about yeah. him right now. So it's like I'm learning from him, shit. So yeah. we're all just learning. So listen, if you could leave, conclude this podcast leaving something for them, what would you say to them, Reg? For my son, I would say Darius, and that's his, that's his name, Darius. I've never stopped fighting. I've never stopped reaching out. I've never stopped loving you. Just know that whenever you need me, just like I've always said, I'm always here. No judgment. We don't need to talk about nothing but us. Nothing, nothing but us. And we, and let's just move forward because dwelling in the past only means that we're keeping ourselves committed to pain. And I'm here. I love you. And I, I would give anything in the world just to talk to you. And if you are hearing this, know that I'm, I'm not mad. I'm not 
in any forms angry. You did absolutely nothing wrong. You were given bad information. And and I just want the opportunity for us to reconnect as father and son, regardless and without all the other drama. Let them have that drama does not make you a better person. It makes you a messier person. And we don't need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man, I think that's pretty powerful, man. Well, listen, Reg, I do believe your son is going to eventually hear this at some point. Because I hope technology, so. There's no hope so to it. You're literally right now, we're having a conversation about how you want to be a part of this little child. You know, he was once a little child, but now he's a grown yeah. man. Yeah, man, yeah. Brain, you always see him as that little child. And you never wanted that, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? So it's just oh, like, yeah. he's still a, he's still a grown adult, but that's still, that's your baby, bro. You know, so yeah. it's like, man, that's you it. still want to lock in with him. And that is just, it goes to explain, when these children grow to be 18, to be 20, the job don't stop. That's the next fire, that's the next part of the line. I don't even know when they're 18, 20, 25, 30. I don't even know if father is all the way done. You're not even mm-hmm. all the way through that word yet. And in, in, into mentor, but mentor is definitely there. And the mentor never stops. And I think those shirts are powerful. So I'm going to make sure I shout that out again. It was Dad, Father, dad, Shirt. Father, yeah, Dad, Father, Mentor. Dad, yeah. Father, Mentor. And, and, and we're going to get you a link to Dad, Father, Mentor, the T-shirts. Well, I'll make sure I stay on Reggie, man, to see if he can get these things. <laughs> Please do. Please do. I promise Please you, man, do. I will. I want a picture of them. And then, oh, yeah, man, too, picture and one again, picture and address, and I have one in the mail to you today. Man, listen, I will make sure I wear this thing, I promote this thing, I'll get it up on the Facebook, on the Instagram page for Fathers and Family Court. Anybody out there, man, yeah. if you're out there listening, you know a dad out there hurting, suffering, you feel like uh, you can relate to what Reggie just said. Um, make sure you reach out to me. I'll give me your number. Reach out on the uh, uh, Instagram at Fathers and Family Court Podcast at Fathers and Family Court Podcast on Instagram. Send me a DM with your number. Tell me you want to talk to Reginald, and I will make sure I reach out directly to Reginald. Get him your number. Tell him you heard his story and you want to talk to him. I'm pretty sure he'll talk to you for a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. A network of dads. Let's put this together. Reggie, thank you so yes, much. Sir. Yes, sir. Thank now. you. At, I added you on the book. I'm going to see you. We're friends. I see you talking about stuff. I'm commenting on it. And keep being a good guy. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And just know what you're doing is an amazing thing, man. We have to turn we have to turn our tragedy into testament and testimony. And it needs it does not need to be silent anymore. Yeah, silence right. is silence is not weak silence is not weakness. It's man, not. You're right, man. You're right, man. We gotta definitely stand out. Hey, listen, man, you've already yes, ran sir. a successful operation. I want you to know that. So um you've already been down roads I've never seen. Or never crossed by. So what I'm going to be doing is making sure that I keep that in mind and respect that. I'm going to be calling you, reaching out to you. You're going okay. to be texting I'll me. You You're a network of dads, man. I'm serious, man. We got work to okay. do. Okay, I'm, I'm serious too. I'm, 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 bro, you just don't know how happy I am to hear this. It's like, it's, it's time. We can't be, we can't suffer in silence anymore. Not just the fathers, but the women that are loving these fathers. Yeah. They might not be their moms, yeah. but they're affected just as well. Hey man, it's, without it's, the it's, women, without the women, this thing won't stop. Without the women, it. this thing won't yeah. stop. Reg, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks, you call me. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna send you that address and the t- and the size, and we'll start okay. promoting this stuff. Hey, everybody, one more time. That's dad, father, mentor. mentor. We're gonna start hearing you about these shirts on this podcast regularly. Be on the lookout. Thank you so Take much. Take your time, Reg. All right, brother. You have a good one. Peace, brother.